the floor and we're gonna bring you back a victory to Jackson. Yeah. What what you say now Chuck? <laughs> man, you a plump fool man. Um um get it get it um um get it get it plum fool Chuck you a plum fool <laughs> Chuck a plum fool that's all Chuck, it is Chuck all them chucks all them chucks in Jackson they plum fools He's a good man, though, I'm sure. Hey, welcome to another uh, live episode of the ONG Strike Zone. I'm Brian Fulford. That's Kelvin Rozier, soon to be joined by Marcus Green. And uh, we are just uh, three brothers on the mic, three rattlers on the mic. Uh, and it's a, it's good to be good to be back on live uh, with you. How you doing tonight, Kelvin? Man, I'm doing good, man. I, as I was mentioning off air, man, I love these kind of shows. When you got uh, athletes, student athletes, and parents, man, just you know to just get their perspective on things and put a little shine on them, man. I love it. That's what I live for. You know, I'm all about the student athlete experience anyway. So, so absolutely, I'm a, I'm geek for the show. There you go. Uh, go ahead and cross that off if you had that on your bingo card, student athlete experience. You know, that's one of the things we're gonna have to come up with a. Uh, a bingo card so that way you know these little these little catchphrases and little things you know when they hit you can just go ahead and yell out bingo or, or you know take take a shot you know every time you hear self-inflicted that's what we got every time you hear someone say self-inflicted take a shot and uh we you know, just keep it going so yeah man it's uh good to be back on with you folks we got a great show lined up for you tonight uh, a full lineup full stacked house of guests coming up at the bottom of hour one, we're going to talk to uh, a repeat uh, uh, appearance from uh, the mother of QB1. Mrs. Erica Musa is going to come back and join the show. It's a bye week, so we can get a chance to kind of hear her perspective, you know, and hear, you know, uh, and get a chance to kind of uh, talk with her and just kind of, you know, maybe get the inside scoop on some things that we normally don't get or we won't get because of course you know QB1's got to be tight lipped he's got to he's got to give the uh, company line you know and uh you know not going to say too much don't want to get the crowd don't want to get the media no bulletin board material stuff like that but we can talk to mom and we can get the real scoop so it'll be a <laughs> good good conversation with her and then we got a a pair of guys that uh, we've been waiting uh, to, to have on the show and talk with uh, first up at the top of hour two, Cardell Thomas. Hey, look, talk about a homecoming. Cardell got a chance to go back home, and it was it was probably everything he imagined it would be as uh, FAMU came out victorious back in his hometown of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Hey, as a matter of fact, he went to uh, Southern Lab, so. Well, hey. So we get a chance to talk to him about all that. And then 
at the bottom of hour two, number 25, Leland Wilhoit. Uh, I like to think of Leland as the X factor. He could be the X factor. I, I still go back to what I saw that young man do in a, in the spring game a couple years ago and uh, before he got hurt last season. And so uh, he's, he's part of the tote gang and that running back core, which is, which is loaded. So we're going to get to find out from him, you know, how are they managing? Because, you know, I think a lot of people have expectations of, of the running game. And it's not that we don't have talented running backs. We got very talented running backs, a talented offensive line, you know, so we're going to find out what's what and talk to Leland. So it'd be good to talk to a pair of student athletes and talk to uh, uh, Erica Musa as well. Let me quickly go through some shout outs as you guys have been great about jumping in early, uh, watching us on Facebook and YouTube. Make sure to hit that thumbs up button to hit the like button wherever you're watching us. Uh, first in the building, Tremaine Ellis, first one in via YouTube. How you doing, Tremaine? Good to see you. Kenneth Roser jumping in right afterwards. What up, cuz? Yep. Oh, look at look at here. Melissa Wilson coming nah. in. Coming in. Nice and hot. Happy All homecoming. Right. Happy yeah. homecoming. It's the it, high it's, homecoming. It's homecoming for the high. All right. That's what's up. That's what's up. Good stuff. Um, Jimmy Mack coming in. Uh, it's a bye week what's for up, the Jimmy Mack. Uh, what do you say here? Game one, seven, Kenneth Rozier, five versus FAMU is going into the, the last half, the second quarter. All right. Um, Bull coming in. Bull. What's up, Bull? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to put that. I'm just going to leave that there. No comment. No comment. I'm just going to put hey. it out. Hey, you sipping? I'm going to sip. Yeah, we we just going to sip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just let that stay out there for a second. Mary 305. <laughs> good to good to see you. Uh Jimmy Max said he's hanging out with Sam. Uh-oh. Trouble. Watch out. Did say. Uh Kenya. Kenya Sykes checking in. Good to have you on. Tamara T also checking in. Good to see you. Thanks for coming in. Marcus. Hello, Marcus. <laughs> good to have you in. Doc, good to see you. Dr. Lori What's Wilson. up, Doc? Of course, uh, you know, always there to to make sure any y'all any, any you see any any folks come in that uh want to start something won't be nothing. So uh Doc will put them down if they get out of hand. So keep it clean in the chat room, especially on YouTube. Have fun, but don't get don't get ridiculous there. Uh let's see who else we got. Who else we got coming through, coming through. Just scanning through. Uh, did I say Meredith? Meredith, hey, how you doing? Good to see you. What's up, say hello to you. Yep. Uh, Montre Bennett coming Montre. in. Uh, uh, Ashton Harris coming in. Good to see you, Ashton. Hello. What's up, Ashton? Mr. Campbell coming in. Yeah. What's up, Ashton. I we? The five stages of grief. <laughs> mm. yes, denial. They still, some of them still on denial. I see a Jag Hill talking about later this season, they're going to get their get back. We'll get to them. Okay. Um, um, yeah. Okay. Um, let's see. What do we got here? Uh, Rick Kinsey checking in. What's up, Rick? All right. Good to see you. Welcome on. What is this? Tallahassee 4-0 against Baton Rouge in the last two years. I, that he's, must talking be, my, he's talking about both teams. Both right. teams. Okay. 
All right. Yep. Uh, Mac Webb, another one bites the dust. Yes, indeed. Good to see you guys all jumping in. John Taylor checking in. Good to have you. Good to have you. Coach Rossi. What's up, Coach? Thanks. Thanks for coming in, Coach. There you go. I hope so, though. I would love for the Jazz to come to uh, Bragg Stadium, Ken Riley Field in December. And bring the band with you this time. (laughs) (laughs) No excuses, right? Bring the band. Well, I'd love if we had, you know, I'm not going to get into that, but, you know. Yeah, it would have been nice. With that that environment, man, and it probably would have brought in a a few more thousand um, fans, too. Yeah, that and you know that see the whole band thing seems to be one, and I think maybe it's because of this new heightened sense that we all have with this band of the year competition and all that stuff. Uh, the whole no, it's it's, fin- it's financial, but uh, I think it it behooves the swag to work with institutions to try to encourage and and minimize costs so that rivalry games like this that you know you have the bands involved. Cause they that what makes it special, that that makes the environment and being in the sweat what it is. When you have uh, also the, the you have the game and you have the the game outside of the game in the stands. So so yeah, I, I hope they find a way to make that work. Where at least you know all these rival games that uh, teams can travel, afford to travel. Right, right. Uh, let's see, Chuck Hunt checking in from Monroe, Louisiana. Yeah, what's Chuck? up, Chuck? Good to see you. Thanks for coming. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for Chuck to say he's checking in from Seattle, Washington, or somewhere else. You want to travel, Chuck? <laughs> Chuck? Chuck knows where. To, Chuck, Chuck, like I gotta be. I gotta be near the computer. Gotta be where I'm. Where I'm at. Be where I be. Uh the voice of the Rattlers checking in. What's up, Melvin? Hey, good to have you on. We gotta we gotta make an appointment to get Melvin in here. Uh, Absolutely. To give us, you know, I know sometimes he's he's busy with other obligations with the university, um, so we gotta find a way to to coordinate that one of these days, Mister Bill. We gotta get you in here, and uh, you know, let we we can talk and and uh, get your perspective. We always like to like to hear from the people who are covering FAMU twenty four seven, three sixty five, and that definitely is you, AD Drew checking in. What's up, Drew? Uh, G Boom checking in now. G Boom, one of the, uh, of course, uh, looking forward to that PV matchup. Yes, sir. Homecoming, baby. Come on, get some. Now, now, G (laughs) G Boom will be on the field as as a photographer. He will be on the field. All I'm gonna tell you is keep your eye out for the distraction committee there, G Boom. Now, don't you (laughs) don't you go get distracted, man. Go and get your. Go on, go on, get your. Hey, you, you might as well go and get your little, you know, your little the homecoming get your on. on. Get yeah, your get a distraction on, on man. <laughs> All right, joining the show right now is our guy Marcus Green, checking in. Marcus, good to see you, brother. How you doing tonight? Doing good, doing good. A little late, but that's all right. right. You you working for the Lord? <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Amen. We we can't be, you know, we don't right. we don't, we don't you, God's you, time. Hey. Hey, you, yeah, you, 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 you're bringing on Christianity to the show. (laughs) (laughs) To us heathens. Yeah. Well, hey, look, you working on God's time. So it's all. Let one slip on on Saturday. Oh, boy. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, all right. So let's get into this. Uh, Rattlers with a big win in the bayou, uh, 26 to 19 victory over Southern. 
Uh, Rattlers improved to five and one overall, four and zero in the conference. Uh, another road win, another SWAC win. I think we're up to about eleven consecutive SWAC wins, eight consecutive road wins. Have not lost a game on the road, nor at home, in the conference. The two losses, of course, in the two and a half seasons, have all come a neutral sites. Outstanding debut in the conference. I mean, it, it, uh, it's pretty doggone impressive. Um, this game, of course, was was built up because both teams were preseason. First place. Yeah, first place predictions. And, and what do you know, coming into it, <laughs> you had Southern that was tied, uh, unbeaten in the West, FAMU uh, in first place in the East. And uh, I, you know, I, the game, though, it didn't – It as tough a game as it was, and you know my favorite phrase, winning is hard. Yep. It, it is hard. But – and I'm thankful for a seven-point win. Bam, you covered four yeah. and a half, so we covered expectation. But it, but it didn't feel like the heavyweight match of, say, uh, what was it when Southern came to FAM? That was 2019, I think it was, a couple years ago. Or mm-hmm. – or, or even maybe the last one. Uh, well, which one? Whichever one it was. Yeah. Uh, which one? The Xavier Smith catch. Yeah, the 21. Xavier Smith catch. The Xavier Smith. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, think I, I don't know. It just. I think it was nineteen. Yes, yeah, I think it caught it from Stanley. Yeah, it, it just the, the feel of the game, the feel and the flow of the game, was just different. Uh, we had a chance. Obviously, uh, we did the little watch party thing, so we had a chance to all watch it live and together, and we kind of. Had a chance to to decompress from what we've seen. What 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 are some things that you kind of are are thinking about or have thought about, Kelvin, since the the two or three days since the game? You know, I'm encouraged, Brian, because I you know I had talked about hey you know you know there was a little controversy, people were a little nervous. You know, I was interested. I knew, you know, Southern has a top-ranked defense. They have a good environment there. So I knew it would be a, a, a challenge. And they scored first. And, you know, you know there was some adversity during the game. And I like how the team responded to it, frankly. I needed to know that. I needed to see that. You know, we went into the fourth quarter behind, and we scored the last 10 points. Our offense did what it needed to do. On the drive, on the on the drives in the fourth quarter, our defense did what they needed to do on the drives in the fourth quarter, and then um you know our special teams, which was my prediction, uh, was a key factor in us uh, winning that game. So, you know, it still wasn't a clean game, and that's what I'm looking for. Not a perfect game. It's a difference. I think Rally Nation, we get excited because we know the potential of this team, so we just want to see them play a clean game. You know, we had drops. We still missed a couple of touchdown opportunities uh, to Jennings. You, um, so, you know, you're you, you going to give up plays here and then. Southern has players. So, but I was in I, – overall, I left that game encouraged where we was because also with the play calling, I felt like we were playing to the strengths of what our offense can execute at high level. You know, the short West Coast-style passing game. That became kind of our running game. And it was effective, man. Used the tight end uh, a lot, uh, masterfully, actually. 
Um, 11 different receivers. I came out of that game encouraged because I know this week we'll get healthier. Mm-hmm. And and they'll 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 work on scheming scheming a little differently. I think in the run game, and um, I, our team is tested, right? We done won games every kind of way. We done got off the fast stars. We done got off the slow stars. We done had to come from behind. That's all signs of a championship mm-hmm. team. So I'm encouraged. When you said clean, what define clean for you? A clean game. What define clean, for you? clean for me is not 100 yards of penalties, all right? <laughs> the yards or the numbers? The number, the yards and penalties or the both, number? Both, both. What's the especially, line? Is there, is there it, a plus-minus line? Especially when it's like pre-snap, post-snap stuff, right? Gotcha. Late hits, you know, unsportsmanlike, <laughs> uh, jumping off sides, false stars, those kind of things. If we play those clean games, and then when the opportunities exist where it's easy plays, the passes that some of the guys drop the couple of passes to Jen is what we miss clean game for me is just executing at a, at a, at a level that where the routine stuff is routine. We haven't had four quarters of that yet. Actually, I don't think from an offense standpoint, we've had more than two quarters of it, but we all know if, if we get it all together, get that run game going, man. I mean, it's fun now. But it's gonna be awesome if 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 we can get there, and that's what I'm looking for. We're playing some a little lesser competition. There'll be some opportunities to put some whoopings on some folks. I want to <laughs> see 40, 50. I want 40, 50. I'm never giving up the dream. You ain't gonna dream. You ain't gonna kill my dream. Well, okay, okay. You won't. <laughs> I'm, I won't be a dream killer. All right, um, Marcus. What are some things that you've been able to kind of take away over the last couple days thinking back on that game? Well, I guess the first thing to echo Kelvin's point, we faced some adversity. We had a tie game late and it pulled through. And so, you know, going through a season like this where we have championship aspirations, everything, it's not going to be a cakewalk. And I guess Coach Simmons has already admitted we haven't seen a full quarter full four quarter performance by the talent and experience on this team, but even getting tested in a hostile environment of a team that's leading their division within our conference and having to persevere through all of that. And everything that happened during the course of the game, we had some key drops that could have sustained drives, at least one on fourth down and one that would have kept the drive alive. And we had to punt and going through all that, and then still being able to come out on top with a late game drive under with under seven minutes left in the game and actually to score 10 points in the fourth quarter. You know, that was huge, I think, for the team's confidence going forward. And as Kelvin has attested to before, we may have played all of our str- strongest competition in the first half of the season. And that's just based on record and perception of their a projected win, uh, win total and finish within the conference or in the division. So I'm really pleased about that, that we show the resolve and constitution to be able to come through. And the other thing that I think uh, hopefully we're working on is something I wanted to, I know Kelvin touched on a little bit before is the penalties. And I was thinking about this during the game cast when you guys mentioned it, because I hadn't really checked. 
that we've slipped. We've slipped back to 2021 level. And even though that was a playoff season and we went 92, we were dead last in FCS and penalties per game and penalty yards total. And right now we are second to last through this game with only grambling being worse. So that needs to be cleaned up. And I couldn't, I was trying to find our roster roll up from the preseason, but with the number of seniors and graduate students that we have on camp, I mean, on the team, it's a little bit surprising because we actually trended down for 2021. We, I'm sorry, 2022 made some improvement. We moved up maybe 19 or 20 spots from where we were in 2021 when we do the year-to-year comparison. So I'm hoping that gets cleaned up going in, into the second half because that's not sustainable and that's something that we don't want. And, you know, dare it become a, a characteristic. You know, we've seen it a couple of years and we don't want to be a characteristic of the team and of the program. And hopefully it's just a one-off, but it's, it's happening pretty often. But I was also buoyed by the performance of folks stepping up on Saturday, are persevering through the change of quarters in the fourth quarter and just having yeah, a couple calls that seemed a little, little shaky. I'm still not 100% convinced based on the camera angle that Southern actually scored that last their last TD. But I see a lot of people, a lot of people are saying that. A lot of people. Yeah, it just didn't look, it didn't look like they broke the plane, but they didn't have a good enough angle. But from the angle we did have, it looks like he got stopped like half a foot short. But which again, it amazes me. And that was me. a fourth down too. If yes. you're going to have instant replay. And you're going to use instant replay. You must, must, must. It must be mandated that one of those doggone cameras, or actually two of them, need to be set up where so they has a clear line of sight on the goal line. Well, well, let me say this: when we were in the MEAC, the MEAC sent. I, I, I think we had to pay for them still, but the MEAC sent end zone cameras, and it was required in the MEAC for you to have those end zone cameras yes. on on the line. That's yes. back. That was back in uh, two thousand, what seventeen, eighteen. Oh yeah. wow! Okay. Yeah, you you, you got to have those. I mean, it, I I watch other. You know, it's not for the longest. It's one of those things that just baffles the mind that you mm-hmm. have a game and you're going to go to replay and you have no clear shot across the goal line. The most, in, I mean, all the other stuff is conjecture. It's subjective. Okay, did he get? You know, you can pull out the the distance markers, but half the time you don't see those come out. A lot of times the referees are eyeing them up, but when it gets to the goal line, you got to have something to be, if you're going to, again, if you're going to use replay, if you're not going to use replay, then don't have them. But if you're going to use the cameras and replays, you got to have them. You got to have them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in Kurt. Look, I, I just looked at the, a couple of numbers. Now, if I told you that the time of possession was 34 minutes and 54 seconds, to 2506, you would say, wow, that's nearly a 10-minute difference. That team who had 34 minutes, they must have ran the hell out of the ball. They must have chewed up the clock. And no, that's not us. We didn't do that. You know? Um, and, and a large part of that is because defensively, we held Southern to two of eleven on third down mm-hmm. and 0 for 2 on fourth down. And this is why, like, if you look at those three plays, Southern had three or four good plays. So 
explosive plays. Explosive yeah. plays, right? And and I'll even challenge a couple of those where our DB, our, our defensive players were there in the backfield. They just either ran into each other and missed the or, or missed the tackle. So what there was maybe one play that I saw Southern actually run the offensive line, open up a nice hole, and the the, the back was gone. I, there was maybe one or two of those, but for the most part, this defense was a wall. And that's the thing that is so encouraging yeah. about what we're seeing out there. And and we, hey, look, we we thought this team and this defense was going to be better than uh, what was it, yep. 2021? 2021? I, I'm 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 there, I'm there. They're proving it week in and week out um, that they are on the par. And I don't know statistically. I, I, next week would be a good time. Uh, to kind of show the comparisons as we're kind of in that bye week thing to kind of look at where that team was after six games, where this team is after six games. Mm-hmm. But I, I think this team is right there on par. Yeah, currently yeah. we're um, we have we're number five in total defense in FCS. Yeah, I mean, I think With the two hundred seventy-one yards point two hundred seventy-one point two yards per game. And, and that's including the game against UCF, Florida. USA. Right. 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 Um, and then I, I can't, and then I, Kelvin, you talked about it as well. The passing game, the, the play calling right off the bat. First play was a quick three step, three step drop, hit a guy on a slant route. Boom. That's how, that's how I knew this game was going to be like, okay, QB one's ready. He's there. The play calling's right. And Hey, look, Kelvin and I hit on some bold predictions. Kelvin, get, I, I I don't have a video, but I posted it online. Yeah. Uh, your what was your bold prediction again? I, I said that uh, the difference in the game was going to be uh, special teams, and there was going to be a special team score, which was the two point conversion. Plus, if you add the two points where we blocked, that's four four point difference. And then yeah. the um and then the uh, muff punt that SU had turned yep. into a touchdown for us also. Yep. So spe- special teams was the difference. Yeah. And, and, and of course, your boy, what did I go with? Three, I was so specific. 300, fact, over 320 plus yards. Over passing. 320. And, two, and even <laughs> what, what was funny about that, what was funny is you were like, wow, that's bold. I said, that's the name of the segment, baby. Bold prediction. <laughs> bold prediction. Oh, no. Look at it. Look at it. You know, I got to play the video clip. 325, um, 31 of 54. Uh, Two touchdowns, one INT, but I mean, more importantly, you know, that was one of the top passing performances in all of Black College football. Thanks, to, I saw on uh, the Black College Sports page that does a, a listing of everybody, most most completions, most attempts. And I know, I know, a lot of us are like, "Oh, that's too much passing. That's too much." Man, look, this is what I said on Sunday. We are who we are. Mm-hmm. I am done trying to force. Uh, a, a square, a, a, what is it? A, a circle peg in a square hole. Coach, or well, maybe it's the other way around. Square peg in a yeah, whatever, hole. whatever. You know we got you. Hey, <laughs> Coach, shot, whatever shot, shape. Shotgun is going to shotgun. That's what he's going to do. So, ride or die, we just got to deal with it. If, he, if anything, the pass is going to set up the run. And that's what Coach it is going to do. The yeah. pass is going to set up the run. I know everyone is going to be like, oh, it should be the other way around. Look, that's not what that – let's accept the reality of what we are. Everybody just accept the reality, and the reality is 
Coach Simmons as a quarterback. He has a, a passing game and a system. He's got receivers. How many receivers did we throw to today? Like 11? Uh, 11. We had, what, 11 different receivers catch ball? Yeah. Guys mm -hmm. all over the place running pre. I mean, and, and, and he has a defense. So that's going to be the system. So let's let's all let's all let's face the reality of what we are, <laughs> and let's stop asking for something else. Because I, I agree. Hey, I actually agree with you. I, I that that West Coast offense, short passing game. I mean, that's the magic. Get the play, get the ball to the play playmaker's hand quickly, and let them do what they do after you know with the runs after the catch. I agree. That's our formula. Yes, exactly. Thank you, uh, Miss Garcia. Well said. I love more. Anybody want to give me more praise for my bull prediction? I'm, I'm here to take it. All right, let's let's, uh, let's go ahead and take a break. Come up. We got uh, QB One's mob. This is uh, Musa coming on up. We're gonna talk about uh, what's going on. What's what's it like as uh, as mob? You know, QB One when you're when you're listening and you're watching and and you're, you're hearing. And let's just see how how moms deals with with all of it. Uh, so we're gonna find out from her coming up and then don't forget hour two we got our two rattlers coming in we got big cardell thomas coming in at the top of hour two followed by leland will hoyt so uh go tell a friend hit the uh share and let rattler nation know we got a lot of famu uh talk coming up here in the next two minutes you're watching the ong strike zone right here on the black college sports network it's never too early to plant the seed to share the tradition and instill a sense of pride in your hbcu with your little ones HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. This is Ryan Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. I'm returning to Clinton, Paris, and Tampa's my community. I grew up here, went to school here, and my wife and I make our home here. What makes Tampa special are its people. So when I represent someone injured in my community, it's personal. Call my office and speak to a real lawyer and not some referral service. I will fight the insurance companies to get the settlement that you deserve. At the law office of Clinton, Paris, we take the pain out of being hurt. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax.
welcome back to the ONG Strike Zone. Brian, Kelvin, Marcus. Just got to play this one good time for everybody, just in case you didn't hear it. I'm plum fool. You're a plum fool. Musa. <laughs> Plus 320 yards passing. Yep, I said it. Marcus, see? I said it. Look at you. Doubt Bo- it. That's it's got that's the name of the that's segment. Old. The name of the yep. segment. Yeah, the old prediction, you know, uh, and two touchdowns. At least two touchdowns. I'm you know. You're gonna see. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be I'm gonna be like like Coach Simmons. That's my quarterback. I hope so. That's my quarterback. That's my quarterback. That's my quarterback. All right. Well, that's my quarterback, but more importantly, this is her son. Um, hey, guys. Hey, hey how's it going? How's it going, Brian, Kelvin, Marcus? Thanks for having me on again. No, thank you for coming on. We love it. Hey, Brian, right on with your prediction. We were, we were, uh, but, you know, some somebody, I'm not going to say, look a little bit, you know, Nervous. A little doubtful, a little nervous. So how you hopeful. feel today? Hopeful. Somebody was hopeful. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm just gonna call you out. I'm like, okay, Kelvin wants an bar with that prediction. Okay. <laughs> now I, I was happy to see the, the guys talk on the field and uh yeah. get it done, stop listening to you know any noise that's going on and just talk on the field. So it was yeah. it's a hard fought game. Yes, you you got to be obviously used to this from the standpoint of when you have a son that's a quarterback, uh, you know, just m- very much like a head coach gets sometimes more criticism than is deserved and probably maybe gets more praise than he should. It's a team game. But that's just the nature of being the head coach and being the uh, uh, quarterback of QB one, so to speak. So how, how do you process that as as a parent? Uh, as a family, what's that? What's that like for for you and for the Musa family? Well, first, it's an honor. It's an honor for him to even have the opportunity to lead such a tradition-based, uh, you know, fan-supported program as FAMU. So let me say that it's an honor. But as a mother, when you start hearing the chatter, oh yeah, it's it's tough. Because the, the mama bear in me wants to say, well, who are you to criticize my baby? What are you doing, you bunch of couch coaches? When's the last time you dedicated your life to a sport and worked your ass off every day? Oh, but then I have to say, okay, wait a second. Let me take it back a little bit. I'm a sports mom. And I know with him being in that position, um, you know, he's a quarterback. My daughter's a pitcher. There's a high... Uh, Stress, highly stressful positions, and it's all the glory or all the blame. So, when you think about it, okay, that calms me down. Okay, take it back there, Bob. I'm down. Okay, so, but it's tough. But pressure is a privilege. And if he he wasn't doing anything, then there'd be nothing to talk about. So, we're thankful that he's in the position to take the criticism. But, um, you know, with the kind of player that he is, he blocks out all the noise. 
He listens to his coaches. He listens to his teammates. He listens to his family. Everything else is blocked. So you know that whatever chatter is going on, he don't even, he's not participating in it. He's not reading it. And it doesn't affect him. So I love that. I love that phrase. Pressure is a privilege. privilege. That's, and yes. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, yeah. I gotta use that with my, with my, when I get basketball season a few weeks away. So I start my season. I, I'm gonna have to put that one somewhere in the room, um, and and really use that. And, and so I, before I, Kelvin or Marcus, before we go to you, let me ask a question. It brings up the mental, uh, you know, a lot of a lot's being made these days of, of mental health for student athletes. And you mentioned your daughter is a pitcher. How how do what kind of things do you uh, do for them or what kind of things, where do they find their, um, peace? Where do they find their comfort as, you know, the, the, a pitcher or as a quarterback of a, of a team, where, where did he find that, uh, that, 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 uh, that peace and calm when it's needed? Well, number one, knowing that your family loves you and supports you no matter what, you know, it doesn't, it's not based off of how you perform on the field or how you do. No, you know, it's going to be some, some highs and some lows. And, um, but most importantly is knowing that your coach believes in you. So knowing that your coach believes in you, even when you're going through the rough times or rough patches, that's huge because we've seen both uh, sides of the coin. And when they're going through that rough patch, and they don't have the support or they're yanked, you know, they're not allowed to work through it. So that makes them even um, just tighter and, and push second guess even more. So knowing that your coach is backing you 100%, that's, that's huge. So. Nice. Nice. Go ahead, Kelvin. So we got a chance to see you, you and the crew at the on yeah. OBC. And then I know you all went to the, to the USF game. Tell me how you enjoyed Florida and in those games in those pro venues, and then talk about you know what your schedule going to look like for the rest of the season. Or what's what's on what's on the, the the travel schedule? Yeah, no, it was awesome to go and meet you guys in person. I know we didn't get to see Marcus, but um, you know Kelvin and Brian to meet you guys out there, and what a great opportunity, you know, of, of get starting the season off. With getting that monkey off our back by beating Jackson State, it was yes, like, oh, yes. we can breathe, you know, right? <laughs> but uh, amazing time with the family in Miami, you know, doing some sightseeing and then uh, heading over to Tampa, enjoying Tampa, and then, you know, getting to play in the professional stadiums back to back. You know, how, how lucky are these guys to right. have that opportunity? But, um, you know, unfortunately, that wasn't the outcome that we'd hoped. But we put up a damn good fight again there. Yes. Mm-hmm. And yeah. who knew that we would outscore Alabama right. the following week. So, That's right. yes, we were, uh, you know, sad with our loss. But we put up quite the fight if we could outscore Alabama. So it's like we're doing something right, right? Yep. We're yes. doing good. Yes. We're a tough team. And um, uh, so for this season, I'll actually be out in, te- in Houston for Texas Southern with some family and then um, we'll be out for homecoming, and then we'll be out again for uh, senior night. And then okay. for uh, 
Yes, Ms. Musa, I wanted to ask, um, I guess for the family, but also for Jeremy, with the changes that have happened over the last couple of years in college football and, and specifically with, say, NIL and the transfer portal, how have you guys managed through? Because you actually started, he actually started his collegiate career before there was the advent of NIL. So how do you manage someone who has such a high profile position to be able to navigate through those type things, anyone approaching you in that regard or opportunities that come and having the discernment to know what looks good or what feels good versus something that may or may not be as good as it looks. You know, he's had some things, but I don't, I don't even really get into that, you know, with him, he's had some opportunities, some opportunities that, you know, he may take up or not, but, um, between, you know, him and his girlfriend, Kyla, they're the ones that kind of handle all that business. So, um, but you also mentioned transfer portal as well. Um, you know, that's really changed the nature of the game. And you see over the last couple years how, um, you know, the first time he was at, um, first started at Hawaii. And then, uh, you know, at that time, if you wanted to transfer, you had to sit out a year if you go from D1 program to D1 program. So he would rather bet on himself, go back home to junior college, than sit out and wait another year at another D1 program. He said, I already sat out one year, I can't sit out two. So, you know, at that time, that that's a different trajectory. So that wasn't even an option. So, um, you know, it's totally changed the landscape of um, college football and it's only growing every every year i forget what the numbers were this past season how many thousands of kids that um were seeking uh a new home and um you know it's tough it's tough you know you see jeremy's road how um you know it, this is his fifth year is when he finally got the opportunity so um it's a long road so but yeah the whole landscape has changed okay I think we might have caught lost a couple of, of viewers when you mentioned Jeremy has a girlfriend, so we have to work ah! <laughs> we have to pull him back in. But thank you for answering the question. Yeah, no, thank you. And uh I love the I love those uh those jerseys that uh that you guys had mm -hmm. on that you that uh that's uh, I think Kyla had you I think you had mentioned yeah. Kyla had done a, a good job of putting that together. And I, yeah. I tell you, there's there's opportunity there. Kyla, if you're watching, you figure out you and Jeremy figure out a way how to <laughs> replicate those, you know, you know, yeah. you Rattler Mason, they'll eat that stuff up, man. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. let me ask I was gonna ask about um and I and I had it on the tip of my tongue. Um uh, uh oh I can't it's it's odd. I can't even I can't even process where I was gonna go with the with the with the thought. Um um, as you look at this upcoming, oh, oh, it was um, Xavier Smith and his mom. They were out in mm -hmm. California. That's where I was going to go with that. Mm -hmm. uh, you had a chance to to meet 
uh, and and obviously you probably know Xavier's mom and family and Xavier and everything. Um, so she obviously he's playing for the Rams. Um, his family was out there. I think it was at a preseason game uh, mm-hmm. when you got a chance to to go. Have has there been any? Have you stayed in touch? Is he? Uh, you, has there been any checking in on him to see how he's doing? What? Uh, just kind of maybe give us an update. Or either from that time and since any any communication with Xavier out there living in California? Um, yeah, he's doing great. Um, you know, my husband and I, we decided to go to a training camp day. It's uh, They had training camp in Irvine, California, which is maybe half an hour from our house. So I want to go see Zay. So uh, we went. And actually got to see in action, you know, Coach KJ Black and then right. the day after. But it's such a crazy event. There's so many people. Um, you know, we kind of stayed after and kind of watched some of the kids. I shouldn't say kids, some of the players, um, you know, getting some extra reps. And there's Zay out there. So we're like, Zay, we came just to see you, man. <laughs> so he, he was real happy. But, um, no, I just told him at that time. You know, was your mom able to come yet or anything? And she's not not yet, but she was going to go to some preseason games. I said, hey, if, you know, you ever need anything out here in um, L.A., just, you know, get in touch and, um, you know, I'll help you out. So uh, he reached out, you know, and, um, you know, let me know his mom was coming out. So got to see him and his mom a couple times and spent some time and, um, you know, support, go to the, the game. So good stuff. We're just – so excited to see him get his opportunity and, um, you know, get his foot in the door and he, his number, I, I bet it's called sometime this season. So um, we're real excited to see him shine and flourish, but uh, it was great to catch up with him and his mom. Um, the I, I was going to ask in terms of Jeremy and uh, you know, obviously we got to finish out this season, but, um, this is his last year eligibility of playing and the future is there. I mean, what are your, what, and maybe, I don't know if these conversations have happened in terms of you and him, or if he's, I know obviously his focus is probably on this season the here and now, but professionally playing quarterback, you know, at the next level somewhere is probably something that he wants to do. Correct. Almost definitely. Um, that's always been the plan. And, um, you know, we're just hoping for the opportunity for him. It's something that he's dreamed about since he's a little kid. And, um, you know, just the experience that he's gotten, the exposure that he's gotten with some of the, you know, the UNC game, the USF game, um, you know, all the ESPN uh, televised that are, you know, nationally distributed. He's gotten, you know, a lot of looks and, um, you know, like Coach – uh, Willie said there's, you know, scouts coming through all the time. And, um, you know, so that makes us real hopeful. We don't feel like we're, you know, it's a shot in the dark. It's a almost tangible possibility for him. And uh, we, we have every confidence in him and the team that they'll allow him to, that will be the next chapter. So, yeah, he's all in. He wants to see how far he can take it. And we can't wait to watch him see him do it. Right. Right. Go ahead, Kelvin. Uh, Marcus, any any final questions you guys want to get in there? I want mom. I want to give mom the opportunity to brag on both her, her children. Uh, Jeremy, <laughs> Jeremy Ashley uh, is leading the swag in, in most of the passing categories. We're five and one. We see at the top of the East. We're nationally ranked number 16 in the nation. So 
in spite of some chatter, we this has been thus far a very successful year. Mm -hmm. uh, just give me your 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 impression, your take, and then to talk talk about what's going on with your daughter and how she's doing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, you know, chatter. People are gonna talk. If you're not doing anything, there's nothing to talk about. So, um, you know, again, we're just real, real thankful for him to have the opportunity. But yeah, when you look at it, you kind of dissect it, take a step back, and it's like, okay, the numbers are not—they're not lying. They're doing something right. All right. And individually, okay, he's he's doing okay. <laughs> so <laughs> relax. We're good. Have faith, right? Turn the negativity yes. into prayers, yes. prayers, and encouragement. You put you know, good karma yes. in the world, right? That's right. That's right. Well, well we're we need... on the path. It may not be perfect, but who's perfect, right? You you look at That's the right. the Super Bowl defending quarterback Patrick Mahomes. I watched him throw two interceptions to the Jets last week, right? And That's arguably right. one of the other best, Josh Allen, he threw three picks three. to the Jets the first game. So he sure did. You gonna get rid of them? No, you let them work it out. So yes, we're I just, knew you would deliver. Yes, yes, I'm not shy. See, when, when I what, what's funny is when I say that I get hate mail. You know, I get I get all kinds of stuff on Twitter. You say it, it sounds so much better, but I say it, it's like. But anyway, go ahead. I'm just. Mad. I'm not trying to be, you know, um, off putting or, um, you know, upset yeah. or, um, you know, be rude. But criticism is good. Criticism is good. But some of the stuff kind of crosses the line, and it's too much, right? When I got right. people saying, okay, you know, slap Musa or, uh, you know, what do you got some Casamigos in his water bottle? I mean, come on, man. That, right. That's somebody's baby, right? Right. I right. mean, you can talk stuff. Everyone's going to talk. Don't, don't get me wrong. We say stuff and we're yelling and screaming at the TV too. But it's because we care and we're passionate. Right. So turn the negativity to to praise and prayers and uh you know good good karma put it out there that's how we're going to get to the celebration bowl when everyone's right. behind and you know wa wanting to get to that destination so okay so and your daughter we're we're doing good we're happy to see him being successful and doing well same thing with my daughter junior year you know they're just getting started in their season and you know just starting you know get, getting the rust off from uh, last year and putting the work in. But one thing I will say, both of my kids, they work their ass off, okay? You only see what they're doing on the field. You don't see the work that we put in every day. My daughter, all summer, lifting weights with me all summer. Mm. Like, it's dedication all the time. Right. And both of them are obsessed with the game. They're obsessed with attaining perfection. So if you think you got somebody that's kind of, you know, half-assing it or just kind of, no. Jeremy puts in the work relentlessly. So if any, you know, they say, oh, he's not this enough. He's not that enough. He's not, uh, what was one? He was not uh, uh, excited enough. He got receipts. He got receipts. Well, I love oh, it. Oh, I, mean, I don't respond, and I'm not going to get into a fight. You know, right, right. But that's the mama bear in me. I can't, I can't, uh, I can't not 
have an emotion about it, right? Right. right. But then That's you got to right. step back and then, okay, take a breath. This is ultimately is a great learning lesson yeah. because if you hate, have to, uh, if he's lucky enough to continue to go on, it's only going to happen on a much bigger scale. And yeah. we're watching this happen right now with uh, Jordan Love with Green Bay. Jeremy trains with the same trainer that grew up training with uh, Jordan Love. So he was doing real good the first couple games and they were praising and, you know, doing real well. But then, okay, after last night, this morning, what's the talk? Oh, is he good enough to be the franchise quarterback? So it's like, you know what? Sometimes they love you. Sometimes they hate you. That's just part of the deal. Yeah. What can you do? If you're strong enough to be in that position, lovely, right? If you're not, you need to get out the kitchen. You can't handle the heat, right? But you, you know my son has been raised under pressure his whole life. Nothing has come easy. Nothing. So if you see him or you think like he's not excited enough or whatever, Jeremy is so prepared. He doesn't have to get high or low. He's like this the whole time. He's calm, cool, professional, locked in. That's what you're getting. So if you're not seeing yelling and screaming or whatever, no, he's like this all the time. Because he's locked in. So just know, if you want anybody leading you, Jeremy is amazing. Hey, so fuck. get on the train and get with us. And not against us. <laughs> hey, look. That's, Love that's it, Mama. Hey, that's, hey, fam, you prepares you. Literally, fam, you will prepare you yeah. For, yeah. For, the prep, for the next level. Whatever yeah. it is. Good and bad. Family will prepare you. So, hey, all this all this criticism is part of the position. Yes, and I, again, I want to reiterate, I'm not, I don't want to be offensive to anybody. I'm not, you know, calling anybody out. It just, it's a lot to deal with when you got, yeah. you know. Mama so being mama. Back, take a breath, and it's good. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yes. This is, this is, this is, I love your authenticity. You are who you are. You have a great way of articulating things. And um, I, I just appreciate you coming on the show and sharing. Well, with thank us. you. No, Kelvin, I appreciate the opportunity. And, you know, you, you we had the opportunity to meet. We're real. You know, we're yeah. not trying to showboat or, you yeah. know, that's my kid. No, we're just hardworking, humble people. And we're just super proud of our kids and what they're doing and what they earned on their own we were not you know kissing some coaches ass to get on the team no they earned it on their own and they can be proud that they did it on their own well said well said uh i want to give you any any final shout outs or anybody you want to shout out uh before we before we head to commercial break no again i'm just thankful for the opportunity and again my kids are gonna laugh like why do they want to talk to you <laughs> i hope i entertained you a little bit but uh... no you're great like i said it was cool actually getting a chance to talk to uh jeremy at swack media day uh he got it him and Javen. i got a chance to talk to him and he was 
he was he was laughing. So I mean, it's it's good now. So now we got to get Jeremy. We got to balance it out now because he'll be like, "You didn't have my mom on the show twice, and you've only had me on once." So <laughs> we got to we got to figure out a way how to balance it uh, yeah. balance it out. So we'll, we'll we'll do that here before too long. So well, are you guys gonna be out in uh, Houston? I will. Yes. Okay. Well, we'll see you in in uh, Houston, Kelvin, and then I'll see you guys in uh, Tally for homecoming. Yes. All indeed. right. Yes, you know, all right. To uh, make sure. Uh, you guys make sure you follow uh, when you see the number eight in the family of jerseys make sure you give a shout out to the Musa family when you see them out there in uh, Texas those of you and when you see them at home coming uh, you can always hit up uh, give me your Twitter handle out because I know it's a good follow on social media what's your what's your follow there Oh gosh, what is it? I think, it's, I think uh, it's at, at Erica Musa. At Erica Musa, I believe. Yes. Yeah. Yes, right. at Erica Musa one. All right. So you guys make sure to hit her up. Tell her you appreciate her coming on. Yes. Let her know how let her let her let them know how big of a fan are you, son. Even if you don't want hundred buy-in, just tell her anyway. Because <laughs> uh because that's the guy that's gonna lead us to where we need to get to. So just uh again, hey, uh thanks again for coming on. We we appreciate you. We'll see you down the road. Safe travels to Texas. And on, tell uh, tell the rest of the family hello. All right. Oh, well, thanks so much, guys. Have a great rest of the show. Thank, Thank, you. You. Thank you. All right. Hey, uh, coming up right after this break, we got our big fella Cardell Thomas coming in. We're gonna find out what it was like to go home and eat. Bring bring some rattlers. Bring bring his band of rattlers in to Baton Rouge and what that was like. I bet that was fun. I bet that had to be fun. So uh, we're gonna talk to him on the other side. Uh, make sure to share the show. Make sure you're following us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at ONG Strike Zone. Hit the thumbs up and the like button wherever you're watching us and get ready for the interviews coming up with Cardell Thomas and then Leland Wilhoyt at the bottom of hour two. You're watching the ONG Strike Zone right here on the Black College Sports Network. If you think all pads are exactly the same, think again. This is always Ultra Thins reinvented with the always triple protection system. This pad wicks gushes 90% faster, absorbs even more so you can feel dry, and locks odors in. Rethink your pad for up to 100% leak-free and odor-free comfort with the totally reinvented Always Ultra Thins. This is always like never before. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay, call Cuvay. As technology continues to bring changes to the world of education, it's time we also reimagine teacher professional development. Gone are the days of one-size-fits-all learning that can only be accessed at a specific time and place. The Stride PD Center is an on-demand library of mobile-friendly courses that allow educators to learn anytime and anywhere. Our dynamic courses provide bite-sized learning and help educators advance their knowledge while also gaining professional development hours. The best professional development plans are those that include a level of flexibility and choice for educators. Whether you're a teacher, school, or district, 
Visit us today to take charge of your learning. Welcome back to the OMG Strike Zone. Brian, Kelvin, Marcus, it's a pleasure to be joined by one Cardell Thomas, number 58, redshirt senior from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, uh, first year here at uh, at FAMU. Cardell, thanks for joining us on the show. How you doing tonight? Take you off mute. You're on mute. Let's see if we can get you off mute. Y'all can Yes, yeah. sir. Yep, we got you. I'm All right. Yeah, doing tonight. Hey, we doing well, doing man. Thanks for joining us tonight. Oh, no problem. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. All right. So, look, <laughs> Baton Rouge, uh, you get a chance to go home, bring, you know, you're coming with your boys, your, your team, back yes. to you. Just talk about that. Just all the stuff going into the week. The game and the after, because I know it had to be a lot. Uh, well, like you know what, for me, even making the move from fam, you know, all of a sudden, you know, I heard flack from jump. So <laughs> coming back home, you know, the first, I think it was Monday, I get a text like from you know, Baton Rouge real close. So most of the coaches we, I played with them in high school. They was older than me, but we was on the same team, and uh, some of them just grew up together and they went to Southern Labs. So they text me, uh, since you chose that flag, stay on that side. So, <laughs> so when I got the angle so when I got that text Monday, it kind of like put me in that mode, like, okay, like I see how they coming. So get to the game, man. It's automatic, you know, love from jump, just from everybody, you know, my community. But, you know, it's, it's football. So I ain't really biting the cheese too much, but, like, during the game, you know, obviously, you know, you got T.J. Lee, you know, my brother, he at center, and, you know, he going to always start it off. He going to start the trash talking. So once he start trash talking, all my partners looking at me like, bro, I'm like, like, what y'all want me to do? So, so you know it, me and my partners who I grew up with playing, we, we going back and forth, and then it just made the game interesting. And then that fourth quarter standoff really was like, made us like, you know, like, okay, like, like, we here, and that's when I realized, like, I'm at home. Like, because that was my first time playing in, you know, Southern Stadium and then not being in high school because that was our game for in high school. So being there in that environment, actually get experience in the jukebox and just experience us versus them, like, it was it was crazy. It was unmatched. It was like anything I've ever been in. And like I said, that fourth quarter light show, you know, they turned the lights and did all that. That kind of just, like, kind of made me like, okay, we need to go on and close this game. So – Going out there, that drive and putting them away, you know, it was just crazy. So we hit the gritty. We in Louisiana, you know, so we just we just had fun with it. And then after the game, you know, it was all love, and it was just, you know, something like I'm gonna remember for the rest of my life, honestly. Well, we're we're certainly glad that you got a win. Oh, uh, well, most definitely. Take us through that moment at the at the end of the third quarter because that I mean we I, we saw it when we were watching it. We were like, what in the world is going on? And then we heard the post game, you know, Coach Simmons and Coach Dooley heard the different comments from them, which are kind of funny. But as as a player, when that happens, when the light goes out, I mean, what just get give us a sense 
what was going on in, in your mind and your teammates' mind? Oh, uh, really? Well, for me, from John, once I seen they got the lights, you know what I'm saying? Once I seen they even put them in, I was like, okay, I already know what this going to be for, you know. So I was kind of already expecting something. But my teammates, like, when, even when I first got here, uh, Mara, you know, I tight he was telling me, he was like, I ain't going to lie, bro. The one team I don't like, bro, he was like, it's Southern, bro. And I just made him say, I asked him, I was like, why Southern? He was like, bro, you going to see. And that fourth quarter standoff, it told me everything about why they did not like him. You know what I'm saying? But it's all in football, though. But, like, right. through our mind, we, like, if they're going to run to the middle of the field, like, we ain't no punks. Like, we going to go we gonna go stand off and let them know. Like, and we was telling them straight up, we was like, y'all run to the middle of the field. We're going to show y'all with this win. So, you know, we came out with the win. They played a hard, tough game. But, you know, just that kind of gave us a boost in energy. Like, it was, like, what we needed. Like, you know, when another team, you know, come across the field on, you know, in the fourth quarter, like, that's almost kind of like they feel like they can walk over you. So we had to let them know, like, this ain't that at all. Mm-hmm. I, I, I tell you what. Th- see, y'all, I don't know, Cardell, I don't know if anybody, if the guys told you about this, but y'all remember when Grambling did that at home? A couple of years ago. During the homecoming game. And Grambling did. I don't know what it is about, you know, your, your brothers from Louisiana, but I mean, it was like it, now the whole Grambling sideline came across the field, and it was crazy how that happened. But anyway, I don't know that y'all y'all just get down differently. Like, like one thing about Louisiana, like we gonna we feel like we the baddest, and like like I said, like they was playing a good game, so like them walk like them walking to the field like made us like okay, like we gotta up the ante. So that's really what it what it was. But now nah, ain't nobody telling about the grounding thing, but I ain't surprised. <laughs> All right, go ahead, uh, Kelvin. So talk about the first half of the season. We're five and one. We had a pretty good showing against a, a group of five school in South Florida. And um we we control our own destiny. This is the season by all metrics, pretty successful. How has the season gone for you? And then what is it going to take to close out and end where we want to be, which is celebrate a national champion, celebrate a celebration bowl victory? Uh, well, you know, first with me and, you know, coming through the season, for me, you know, I just wanted to prove, like, I'm healthy. You know, first part of my career, 2019, got injured. You know, I won the championship at LSU, got injured. And from that point, just battling injuries. So for me, I kind of feel like I'm on the right track with proving I can be available and be healthy. And one, just proving that, you know, like I'm dominant. So for me, really just making sure focus on the little things like my hands, my feet, you know, everything, you know, scouts and just, you know, people want to see from me and just making sure I really maintain my weight, you know, with what I'm eating and stuff like that, you know, staying holistic, eating the right thing. So for me, it just really been focusing on like being a pro and having all, you know, to make sure I got the right resources for the first time in my career. Well, this is my first year starting and starting every game. So it just making sure I'm handling everything like a pro. And for as the team, well, we're going to need to, you know, to take it all away. Really, it's just, just, I guess I can say sometimes getting out of ourselves and getting out of our own way. You know, like we the best and we know it. And I feel like sometimes we get so excited where we forget that we just need to execute. And that's on everybody. So, and at this point, after that last game, I really feel like we got a good sense of understanding, like, what we can be because it's like we always rise up and we notice yeah. that. 
But now it's just time to rise up from the beginning and all the way throughout the end. And I feel like with this next game that's coming up in the bye week and us getting a lot of people back, like JG, uh, C's came back last week, you know, getting all these nicks and bruises off us. Now we really finna be a great and complete team, and we're going to execute. That's all we really need to do It's the little things, like Coach Simmons and Coach Hen, and, you know, our coaches tell us every day. So right now we're working on the little things, and we're going to get them right. And when we do, it's just going to be crazy. Okay. Go ahead, Marcus. Uh, thank you for joining us this evening. I guess I want to ask you about your journey, you know, going from uh, LSU and then coming to FAMU and how uh, the transition, how it came about, but also uh, what uh, pluses and uh, minuses you may happen to see with the transition and how has it been coming to FAMU, given that you spend majority of your time, majority of your life in Louisiana, coming to Florida? Oh, well, for me, my journey always kind of been, I kind of say I, go, I can always say I can be like the black sheep, the black wolf. Like no matter five star, no one nation, I always had to prove myself. And I never had no problem with that because that's how I was raised. Like if you count me out, I'm going to count me in and I always follow my feet. So for me, just my journey has just been, like I said, proving that I still am who I am. And I feel like this year I have been doing that and just, the transition for me, I wanted to do something different, and I felt like I needed to get, you know, real development. So, really, the whole point of me leaving and transitioning found was just me going out on my own. Like, I was supposed to go to uh, some major schools, you know, I had AM, I had a couple other schools, and I couldn't win D1 again. But this time, it was by like the life after football. But just being honest, sitting, you know, sitting in PWI, you know, Ellis shoot for four years is bigger, but. I'm sitting and I'm realizing, like, I'm kind of losing that life, if that makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm when I hop out the portal, I'm learning about bank accounts and capital, you know what I'm saying, and getting a loan from the bank. And I'm realizing I'm sitting in college and I'm sitting, you know what I'm saying, at this university, but, like, nobody telling me that. Like, I ain't learning that till I got out from under that. So that's when it was like, okay, this time I need to be around people that's going to care about Cordell. So – Coming to fan was just like meeting the coaches and, you know, networking and meeting different people, you know, that's into what I mean, like with the forming that I do, you know, my CBD company, sports music company. So it was kind of like setting life up with an opportunity to still go to the NFL what led me here. So I did my re- my research on this, on family and everything like that, and it fit me. And being here so far, the pluses is that it's like being at an HBCU make you man up, if it makes sense, because, you know, at LSU yep. – they're going to do everything for you, you know, everything like that. And I always been my own man, so, like, I ain't had no problem with that. So, like, coming here is almost, like, perfect for me because, like, they treat us like men. You know, I ain't nowhere where I got to worry about somebody, worrying about where I'm going all the time. And, you know, it's just a sense of freedom here. So, coming here really been a plus and stuff like that. Now, obviously, you know what I'm saying, certain resources different, but I'm the type of person who I do different stuff anyway because I'm holistic. So, it's it's not really a dropout because I kind of know what to do with my body with being here four years and stuff like that. So it's like, I ain't the average athlete, you know, coming from a PWI to HBCU because I'm kind of, you know, like my own man. So coming here, just like I said, made me realize really too, you can make it from anywhere because we have scouts of praise all the time. And obviously I know why they do, you know, so, yeah. and just, like I said, actually coming to SWAC and experience and experiencing the SWAC, it's something I wish I could have did probably earlier, honestly. Well, thank you. Thank you for your answer. Thank you for your candid and honest answer. Yes, sir. Let me let me continue on with you mentioned 
uh, a lot of holistic things that you have going on. And just, who got you into living a holistic life and 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 just understanding the importance of taking care of your body and and maybe getting away from some of probably the foods that a lot of us or a lot of maybe your peers grew up on, uh, especially as athletes. Who who got you on that path and and uh, and how how are you making that work for you and are you do you share any of this information with your teammates and how are they receiving it? Uh, most definitely. So, uh, you know, first off, just get thanks to, you know, to the most high y'all for, because I'm an Israelite. So studying, you know, Leviticus and the dietary laws in the Bible led me to the holistic health. So studying them laws, was like, you know, you're not supposed to eat pork. You're not supposed to eat unclean foods. And me being from Louisiana and getting deep in my spirituality kind of led me to holistic health. So, when I was uh, in the port and stuff like that, just sitting at home, I had a couple of friends, you know, they got a couple of vegan spots. And I just noticed, like, okay, when I cut out the pork, obviously, I started dropping my weight down. My, uh, I never felt like, you know, my blood pressure was high like it used to. Because, you know, Louisiana, down here, we're going to season everything. You know what I'm saying? Us seasoning everything and stuff like that. It's just like, okay, I'm like, I need to I need to take a step back. So really cut all that out, started noticing I'm waking up. I ain't, my body don't feel like it's full of inflammation anymore. So that's just leading me to diving deeper and then just, you know, finding the rabbit hole with it, reading books and different stuff like that, you know, watching Dr. Sebi, you know, different people like that. And I just really started like getting like, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, heavy and like I'm sitting here right now eating organic candy. So it's uh so it, that's really what got me into it, just my spiritual journey and just seeing that it worked. And my teammates, they're accepting it because, like, everything I'm doing, they trying to do it now. They, like, like they waiting for my CBD cream right now. It just came in. So when we go, I'm going to go home on the bye week. Uh, we're right in tomorrow and go grab it and bring it back to them boys. But, like, really, they just been listening. They've been using it. And, like, okay, it's working. So they just kind of been, like, looking to me for certain things. So it's cool. You know, they just need to uh, buy my products when they come out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got the business down. <laughs> that's that's what's up. That's what's up. Go ahead, Kelvin. So I want to ask a couple of fun questions. Who who's the biggest trash talker on the team? TJ Lee. Hands okay. down. Hands okay. down. Okay. All right. He all right. He like this. I did. And this is why I love him. He the homeboy who, if you go to the club, you know you're going to have to fight. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I love him. That's why he my dog. Because he going to stand up. It's like you on the you on the offensive line, you could be quiet. If any D lineman talking noise to you, he finna hop in and go crazy. Like, he like a real brother. You know what I'm saying? So, like, okay. yeah, that's DJ Lee for sure. And he funny, bro. All right, who who who's the biggest eater? Who eat the most? I'll probably say it's between Chris Williams and KJ McCoo. They both in our old line room. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. And um who's the most challenging player you've gone against, either on your own team or someone else team thus far? Uh, this year, this season, this season, I probably say South Florida for sure. South Florida, uh, they had some great guys, great speed rushes. You know what they scheme and stuff like that. 
And on my team, obviously, Jenner, Ashton, you know, Stan, Dunn, the whole D-line. You know, we got the best D-line in the nation. So, every yeah. day, you know, we, you know, we just had a period today. And, uh, DK, the Clark Edwards, he got me on the side. running inside, inside zone to the right. So, you know, them guys always making me better. Okay. All right. Good, good. I, I'll leave it right there now. You can go, Marcus. <laughs> All right. And actually, that was going to. I was going to hit him with a two double question. That was going to be my first one. What's it like going against the guys, a uh, defense that is at midseason ranked top five total defense? And my second question, and it's not really related, but you, you answer the first one. But the second one, if there was a team, even though our schedule is already set, if there was a team, if you could pick any team for you to play against this year, if we could say, okay, Cardell, pick any team, FCS, FBS, to just replace the team on our schedule, who would that be? Let me think. <laughs> was one team. Okay. I'll probably say Alabama because the way they play USF after we played them. Mm-hmm. Okay. 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 Airdome, yeah, okay, all right, yeah, that's 17 to 3. And then it's play, I kind of, you know, what I'm saying, no matter what would have happened, just being honest, right? Yeah, I just kind of want to see how we'll match up, okay, all right, especially right now and going late into the season with us being able to execute more and understand each other more, most definitely, right now, okay. Um, obviously, Cardell, one of the things that uh, from the from the offensive perspective, you know we are a lot of Rattler Nation. We want to see the ball. We want to see a lot of people want to run the ball. You know, you hear a lot of that talk: run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Now, you know, I know there's a difference between run blocking and pass blocking, but you know what what's the what's the vibe like for the offensive line in terms of you know where we are this year with with our running game and obviously you guys have done a great job pass protecting but just just let people know kind of in the background uh if you can what it what it's like maybe your personal preference run blocking versus pass blocking and 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 maybe what what can we expect in the second half of the season from the running game uh, well, with the running game, you know, obviously, you know, it'd be, it be good. You know, sometimes we have our good plays, we have our bad plays. Obviously, you know, sometimes we go four for five. Sometimes it's, you know, it's a total, you know, offensive mistake. But as obviously it's getting better, you know, uh, with the runs we had, you know, last game with a couple of rushing touchdowns. But with us, you know, open the offense up with more runs to get us, you know, some good yards. Uh, we got to play. We got a couple of plays, you know that's really going to open up the run for real as soon as we, you know, just make sure, you know, everything right on the back end and with, you know, seeing the defensive schemes and stuff like that and just the way we scheme people up in this second half, like I said, the run game going to open up totally and it's going to be, you know, a whole different, a whole, you know, new different line. And for us, like, the room and where we stand, it's probably, you know, talking to Coach Henry, things like that, it's the best room we have, obviously. And like, like I said, getting a couple people back, most yeah. definitely go, you know, make it 10 times better. And then we'll be able, you know, have our full rotation and then just be able, you know, we're just skyrocketing in the run rankings. All right. Okay. Which one of those, which one of the backs 
who who's the guy that you guys love? I mean, look, I I don't know if I'm asking a loaded question here to say which running back do you like blocking for the most, or you know who's the who's the fun back? Who you know because it's got to be usually usually a fun back, and there's maybe maybe a more serious back. Who's the back that you know when you guys open up the hole and he gets one like he's just he's so in love with you guys in, in in a major way. Who's who's that guy? The hype guy. I mean, honestly, really. I can really say probably all our backs, and I ain't even just trying to answer like that because, like, we close. Like, like you see, like, who scored, yeah, right there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, score, who right there. Real score, everybody right there. So, like, all them boys, they they make sure we in check. So, if we mess up, they get on us. Like, you know, come on, I need y'all. And they mess up, it's vice versa, you know. So, it's a real love in the room. So, I could probably say all of them because all of them play and all of them got the attributes that make us better the same way, you know, we make them better. So, they score, we turn up, you know, the whole thing. I told them gritty in the end zone. So, like I said, all of them fun and all of them, you know, <laughs> help me down with it. So, <laughs> that's, that's, what I, that's what I can say to answer that. All right, all right. We we want we look. Kelvin Kelvin want to see us score forty a game. He he want us to see us get to that point where everybody's doing the gritty like five times, six times a, a, a game. Yeah, we know Jason do that. Most yeah, part. you know we we gotta we gotta hey. we gotta. Go Cardell, I, I know you uh graduated this summer, right? And um, but t- talk about your t- talk about what you got your degree in first, and then talk about your business ventures. A little bit. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I got my degree from LSU in, in disciplinary studies, and for as my businesses, uh, right now I'm on the farm. And actually, I just got off a call today. I just uh, closed on like ten acres right in my hometown uh, with me and my with my business associates. So we getting ready to do a lot of things there. And my farm, we getting ready to grow orange watermelon and yellow watermelon up in Baker, Louisiana, and then with the other spot. In Irvine, Louisiana, that's getting fenced off. We just uh getting ready to probably go straight mustard greens on there. And then I'm heavy in cannabis, you know what I'm saying? I'm going through a couple processes right there to get uh, my other licenses, you know, for Florida and stuff like that. So right now I'm into cultivating. Uh, I worked at a grow lab this summer, uh, one of the best uh, times of my life. I actually got to understand the size of weed and uh, of cannabis and how it was used, like, you know, treat spinal injuries and just you know experiment with different things like just watching it you know take you know different joint pains down and just you know really studying it behind it and not just smoking it and i also have a sports medicine company and where i got a, a all natural cbd cream that just got put through production they just came in and then i'm getting ready to uh make a formula for organic uh concussion pills so wow awesome. yeah. okay do you have a website or how how would we get your product? Okay, so um you can follow the forum on Instagram at Excellent Forums and Growing Season getting ready. It's just cooling down Louisiana, so now we're getting ready to grow. And for the website, it's still some works right now, but I can uh, just drop it to y'all whenever. And yeah, do that. Yeah, and then my my cultivating is through my forum, so it's the uh, same thing for okay. for its excellent forms. All and right, actually, you can you can modify. You can modify yeah. your name yeah. on the screen that pops up. You can put your um, your Instagram handle there. I got you. And then also, uh, I'm partnered with Jaquincy Jones with Ecolone Soaps. It's a long-standing soap company that's been in business for like 13 years now in Louisiana, well-known. We ended up meeting, and he's the one who actually got me in like into farming and cultivating and stuff like that. So 
Uh, I'm partnering with him uh, with Ecolone Soaps. And right now we got a Rattler Boy coming out that's finna drop. So, you know, make sure y'all get that and stuff like that. We're looking to do a lot of things like in the HBC world with the resources we got. So, love okay. it. Love hey, it. You, now, you. now I, I got one more thing. And then, you know, I, I want you to lay it on. I understand somebody made some mean gumbo. And oh, I want to know. And, and I want to know if I can get some gumbo uh, for homecoming. Homecoming, homecoming. So this, so this is the plan for homecoming. So I'm gonna let everybody know now. So for homecoming, you know all the fans on here, y'all. The tent gonna be set up by the main gate, by gate one. Moms, my whole family, they throwing down tailgate and they selling plates, doing whatever. Y'all can come by the tent and just get whatever y'all want. They finna lay it out. So. Hey, okay. we, do, do we need to do a pre-show? Right. Do we need to, Calvin, do we need to do a pre-show from... Oh, yeah, I most uh, definitely can. I can make sure they bring it to hey, y'all. Hey, we, 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 hey, hey well, we're going to talk about it offline. I, I believe yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, um... I, look, hey, you're gonna be you're gonna be you, the way with with the businesses that you have going, man. You're gonna be offering NIL opportunities to 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 to, to college athletes here pretty soon. I mean, with some of the stuff that you're oh, yeah, doing, that's in the works right now. Uh, you know, I know everybody, so I got a uh, little talk at Ole Miss. We getting ready to uh, talk to. We're not talk. We in works on NIL with him right now. Uh, one of my former uh, high school play, but I used to play. Well, I actually. He was under me, but he goes to Baylor right now, and we getting NIL to him. The goal with the form is to basically have it so we stabilize the NIL to where the kids and their fans wouldn't have to worry about food while they're in the dorm. So that's mm-hmm. what we're getting the paperwork and everything together now. So here we NIL, they can have free access to our form food and stuff like that. So right now it'll probably be locally so we can branch out uh, elsewhere. But soon we find, you know, the correct way to make sure everybody eat, that's the goal. Hey, uh, one last question, uh, Kenya Sykes. What was the name of the uh, soap? The the which name won for the FAMU soap? What was the name? Oh, that the Rattler Bar. The Rattler Bar. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Good stuff. <laughs> uh, well, hey, uh, Cardell, man, look, uh, we got to have you back on when you when you got some of that other stuff ready to promote. Mm-hmm. I mean, you all you got to yeah. do is hit us up. I mean, yeah, like, that's you. You're now official. You you were a friend of the ONG strike zone. You're official. Hey, look. Yeah, if we would have did it in, per- in person, I would have brought child to gum, but I got two in the freezer right now. Man, look, look. Uh, you know, don't this homecoming. This 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 no <laughs> <laughs> just look. I'm a, just tell me where to be. Uh tell us where to be, Kelvin. Look, let's let's talk yeah, about yeah. Five. yeah, we we, hey. we gonna we're gonna make that happen. We, I guess. We will, we will be there for for the for, for that for sure, for sure. Um, all right, Cardell, last word. Anything you want? Give 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 people your handles again. Let people know how they can follow you. Uh, give you the plugs. I want to give you the last word here as we close out the segment. Okay, so my uh, Instagram is my exact name, Cardell Thomas. Uh, Excellent Forms is is you know spelled just like that. Excellent Forms. Uh, that's the the total name. Ecolone soaps on Instagram and the other websites and stuff. I'm gonna drop in there soon, but I'm gonna be uh pushing that through my through my other Instagrams and certain websites. So it'll be on the probably like by the end of the weekend. Just, yeah, just just make sure you you email send it to us, and we'll definitely uh put it put it out there to for you. I got you for sure. All right. Well, hey, uh, Cardell, man, it's it's a pleasure to. 
to have you. First off, it's a pleasure to have you in Tallahassee. Pleasure to have you on our side, uh, especially when that game went down in Baton Rouge. And uh, man, congratulations and, and much success to you, man. I had no idea you were you had your hands in in so many pots, but you. Oh yeah, man! I hopped out the court and I just dug my head and just went into it. It's 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 stressful a little bit, but like what's gonna come from it is it, I'm the long the long game. Like being in college made me realize the long game is what matters. So I'm I'm here for it. Yes, sir. Hey, look, uh, that that's what that's what going to college is all about. Finding finding what it is you enjoy doing. And it sounds right. like as long as you're doing what you enjoy doing, it ain't hard work, you know, exactly. uh, it, you know, so you, you do do what you love and uh, football for as long as it opportunity presents itself. And then sounds like you putting some things in place for after football. Right. But uh, good luck to uh, to you, your teammates, the O-line group and uh, much success, much health to you. And uh, we'll we'll talk offline, and we'll we'll talk more down the road. All right. Yes, sir. Appreciate y'all. Yes, sir. All right. Thank you. All right. All right. Keep good evening. Keep, keep striking. For yes, sure. sir. Keep striking. Right. You guys make sure to hit up Cardell. Uh, let him know you appreciate him coming on the show. Uh, what a man! What an amazing young man. Impressive. Awesome mm-hmm. man. Impressive. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. So hey, this show keeps getting better and better, and it ain't done yet because we got Leland Wilhoyt coming up here on the other side. More Rattlers, uh, another dynamic, outstanding young man who we'll be talking to here in just a second. So take a quick break. We'll be back in two. Talk to Leland Wilhoit. You're watching the ONG Strike Zone. Yeah, I said that right. Right here on the Black College Sports Network. <laughs> Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. The human voice has always connected audiences with experiences. Major brands all across America have trusted Kevers Voice time and time again. Conversational, powerhouse, intelligent, and sincere. That's the voice you need for your creative marketing process. K-E-A-V-E-R-S-V-O-I-C-E dot com. Kevers Voice, Kevers Voice, Kevers Voice dot com. Always on, all the time. Nope. Nope. Come on, him? Ooh, I like him. Quick, the quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slow Burn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com.
to the ONG strike zone, Brian Kelvin Marcus. And let's see if we've got Leland here joining us. Uh, let's see. Leland, are you there? Yes, sir. I'm here. All right. How you doing this evening, man? I'm doing good. Can y'all see me? No, we can't. I don't know we, why it's not showing. We can't. Are you on a what? What are you on a what iPhone or iPad or? No, I'm on a. Uh, I'm in the um, computer lab. It has a camera. Hold on one second. All right. We'll give uh, Leland here a second here. I don't know why it's doing this. Let's see. Are you able to log? How about if are you able to log back in? Yeah, I'm gonna try that. I'm gonna try. Okay. Okay. We'll have you log back in here in a second. Leland's gonna come in and join us. Of course. uh, Leland, a redshirt senior running back from Nashville, Tennessee. Um, been at FAM now a couple of seasons. Um, more recently, uh, had a really good game against Mississippi Valley State. Um, three carries, 29 yards. And, uh, you know, work, working, his, working his way into that that tough rotation. Uh, I mean, we've got a lot of weapons and when you have a lot of weapons, man, it's just, it's, it's, it's making it happen when you get the moment, you know, and you don't, you don't wish injury on anybody, but you know, sometimes when one guy goes down, you're able to the next man up. All right, let's see. I think we got him here. How y'all doing? Hey, all right. There you go. How you doing, man? Man, I'm, I'm blessed, man. How y'all doing, man? Hey, we're, we're doing well. Good to have you on, uh, everyone. Leland Wilhoyt joining us on the show. Uh, so, Leland, how how are you? How are you enjoying or taking this this bye week? You know, you got the season. We we've been talking about it. We're kind of at that point where five and one, four and zero in conference. It's a great, successful season. Um, and now we get a bye week at a perfect time when it's like, okay, we know. All the goals for for you guys are coming up here uh, after this bye week. So how how are you kind of processing everything, and, and how's the season been going for you? Uh, the season's been going good. Uh, I feel like we're, our preparation is well uh, for this bye week, so we're gonna get ready to go to TSU. But uh, overall, we're winning. That's all that matters. And um, you know, the Rattler fans they should bring that energy, and you guys should bring that energy to push us and help us strive to get to the next level. But um, overall, us winning, Coach Simmons and the coaches always have a plan. They uh, Even when we get in, you know, tight situations and, you know, when it's kind of risky where Rattler fans and everybody on their toes, we always come out with the victory. So this off, season, this off week does help us prepare, get right, look at all the bad, and then the good that we're doing offensively and defensively. So we're doing good. Nice. Go ahead, Kelvin. So I know you graduated this yes, uh this this summer, man. Talk about uh what you graduated in and and then um how, how things are going in terms of uh you know your your, your grad classes and so forth. Well, I graduated in, uh, in disciplinary studies, science and disciplinary studies, and I got my AA in theater arts. Uh, I do music, uh, I sing, so. Um, Oh, that's been going good. Um, I got two degrees. You know, my mother and father are very proud. My family is very proud. And I'm just really just striving just to do my part this year for the season this year as we uh, continue to just win games and continue to execute and continue to do what we do. 
So, no. All right. I, I, I want you to talk about uh, because I see somebody been doing their homework in in the comments. Uh, <laughs> I, I I know you're a versatile guy. You 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 getting you, you know you played previously as a little wide receiver as well as running back. Yes, kind of talk talk about your journey to fam you. Oof. Well, come, <laughs> coming to FAMU, I was at Fort Scott Community College, and um, we were in a, a Kansas conference. That was like the SEC or JUCO, so that's the best conference. And um, coming from there, um, we didn't really have college coaches coming in and out. But uh, coming from high school, I, I was kind of like immediately highly recruited. So I had a, a couple of schools that had offered me that were still con- constantly in contact with me. Uh, Coach Bobby Bentley, Jake Bentley from South Carolina, University of South Carolina. And uh, just building relationships while I was in JUCO, but um, I had it was that COVID year where um, we only had to play two games, and I didn't get the chance to play. But I ended up getting some good practice film, and I ended up playing one game. We played Independence when we went against uh, Zay Major. Uh, y'all know Zero, that man. So uh, when that situation was going on, um, I got a call from uh, Coach Lenny. I'm Coach Lenny, the coach at the University of Florida, uh, Robert Seifert's coach, Coach Gonzalez. Um, I was talking to him, and they invited me up to the camp, Gainesville, and I showed out. I was lightweight. I was probably I weighed in probably about one eighty two, but I didn't have a muscle like I had now. But I was lightweight by one eighty two, ran a good forty, probably like four or five. But when it was time for drills and everything, killing, like dominating. Coach Simmons and uh, all the coaches, they all came like in a pack. It was probably like eight deep. It was uh, Coach JB, that's now at uh, Youngstown, my previous receiver coach. Shout out to Coach JB. He um. He, he eyed me first and he saw me. He was like, yeah, you like that. He was following me everywhere around the camp. Then all the coaches would follow And my mother and father and my auntie, my cousins, my granny, we packed like a whole like family trip. It was like 20 of us. We all came up because we thought this was going to be it. You know, I didn't think I was going to be able to play football again because of the situation that I was in. But I didn't I didn't lose faith, you know. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate Coach Simmons and, and the coaches for continuing to believe in me, even during that situation. But now I'm getting off, and uh, the coaches, uh, I was, I could say here, I was uh, ineligible at the time when I was in JUCO, but I ended up getting a lot of interest. FIU, FAU, uh, Florida State, a lot of schools was really interested in me. And um, FAMU, they, they they took a risk on me. And um, I owe FAMU, you know, I owe Coach Simmons, I owe the whole organization, the, the administration, uh, people who helped me out here, I owe everything to FAMU because you know, I, I put myself in a hole being here. You know, it's been a lot of good and a lot of bad. But one thing I definitely say is FAMU's helped me grow up a lot. And this team's helped me grow up a lot, uh, the university. And I just love it. Mm. Awesome testimony. Yes, sir. That's great yes, to hear. Yeah. What do you got, uh, Marcus? Oh, thanks for coming on the show, Mr. Wilhoy. Thanks, I guess my question for this is um, I've noticed in the time – that you've gotten in and even some practice highlights over the last couple of years. I don't know if you're familiar and it's probably before your time, but in basketball for the Pistons, when they were in their championship run in the late eighties, there was a guy, Vinnie Johnson nicknamed the microwave because he would just come in and heat it up and you have a very similar personality. How did that develop in terms of uh, having that impact on the team? It hasn't always, is that something that you developed over the years or has it always been, a part of your personality. Uh, I'm just, I'm just passionate about the game. Like people tell me all the time, I'm a, I'm a young old soul. Uh, I can, I study the greats. So the, the work ethic and passion comes from this 
like the guys I've studied, you know, Reggie Bush, Marshall Falk, Marcus Dupree, you know, um, Barry Sanders, you know, Emmett Smith, you know, I, I can name guys in that in the eighties and nineties and in the seventies, you know, that I, I watched that growing up, my brother played at Brentwood Academy with Jalen Ramsey and Derek Barnett. You know, my uncle, he coaches at the University of Tennessee with my cousin Tyler Barron, who plays DN stars for those guys. You know, I've been training with Jalen Ramsey and those guys since I was seven to eight years old, but I was different, you know, growing up was it was different. And it, it was hard, but I had to adjust because I was the one out of my family that that was going to make something happen, you know, not knocking my family, but, you know, it was just wasn't a lot of opportunities. But I was the one that had to make the opportunity, and I, I took that sacrifice. You know, my mother groomed me to be different. You know, people, you don't hear a lot of people talk about doing theater and all that. Like, I did that because my mother, but then I ended up enjoying it because it set me apart from different people. It, it made me feel like I'm different. I don't do what everybody else do. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank have, you. Have, have you been able to utilize or parlay that interest in theater and connecting with other uh, uh, other FAMU alums or other uh, any 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 folks uh, in in the theater industry or in the arts and entertainment industry. Um, I know that's kind of hard sometimes, maybe at this point, because you, you do a lot of training in the off season, but have you been able to establish any connections through, uh, you know, in the off season or in, in, I don't know if there's such a thing as downtime, but in between time. I, I, I'm not gonna lie. I haven't, but uh, I have been like connecting with like people who like do like give, ballet classes and different things. So I took ballet for a year and I did high yoga for like three years. So like doing that one year of ballet, all, everything that I was doing was correlated with football. Like Chad Johnson, Ocho Cinco, he did ballet when he was young. You know, he did ballet when he was, I want to say when he left, when he when he left Oregon State or Oklahoma State, one of those. But when he was in Juco, he had did ballet. And that's where I got the ballet and stretching and being so involved in my mobility. I got watch other greats. You know, I see how longevity really is longevity when you do the little things. So I haven't played football in three years and I'm still hanging on, you know, so I feel like I'm pretty, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, talk, talk a little bit about that, that, that running back room that you're a part of. I mean, it is, it is loaded. You got, you guys, I mean, this is by far one of the deepest rooms I think that we've had in, in a few years at FAMU. And I mean, the competition is heavy. I mean, you know, just just by the nature of, as you can see, we really coach hasn't hasn't necessarily said one. Oh, yeah. Bless you. <laughs> he, he hasn't necessarily said one guy is going to get all the carries It's a constant rotation of guys. Talk a little bit about that, that competition. But that that spirit of brotherhood, you know, we were just talking to Cardell earlier, talking about how you guys are the running the tote gang keeps the O-line in check and vice versa. But but just talk about how you how you and those other running backs are competing uh, in practice, but then how you all bring it together on those game days. Uh, we, we compete every day in practice. Wu, Rail, Yant, Sawyer, Shad, all those guys. Uh, we, we compete each and every day. Like we we go on and, and those guys push me. We push each other. We learn from each other. And uh, we, we all kind of know each other's buttons to push in a way, in a jokeable way, because we all, all of us, we all lack at something, but we all can take pieces from each other, if that makes sense, and learn from each other and take pieces and critique each other. 
but um, that's the best room. I, that's I, I feel like we 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 the best room. Like defense, like you know, they hold it down. Zane, mm-hmm. all them, JMO, the defense, they they hold it down. But the running back room, you know, our coach, Coach Wendell, Marcus Wendell, um, he holds it down for us. So I ain't gonna lie, when, when we interact with each other, you know, it's all love, always all love. I, I feel like, guys, we go look. This has been a heavy offensive show. I feel like next week we got to get the defensive guys. I got a feeling we're gonna get calls from defensive guys next week because I mean the love that the offensive unit has. I mean, it's it's pretty special. I I love it. Love to hear it in this show. Go ahead, Kelvin. I know you the you 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 a hype hype guy, right? On oh, on yeah. the field, I, I'm a little crazy. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> tell, 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 hey, all the everybody talk about your energy and and honestly. That juice that you bring, it shows when you enter into the game, right? Yes, you know, thing, you know, you come in and instantly, like you know, things pick up and, and and you show a lot of emotion. Where does that come from? Pain, man. It's it's I tell people to go as far as your eyes can see. If you love something, you're truly passionate about something. You can fall seven times, like Denzel said, and get up eight. It, and all the times that you fall, you learn something. Learn something about yourself and learn something about what you love and what you want to do in life. Like football, this this is my love. It, it, it won't stop after this. It's, I continue to stay healthy. God continue to cover me. You know, you, you're going to see Leland want to play a lot of football. But the passion, it just comes from just pain, just dealing with all the trials and tribulations, and just knowing how to keep going. And, you know, I call myself the responder. Because I know how to respond to anything, you know. I, it don't matter what battle I face, I will respond. Awesome, very, very articulate. So, how do we? What what needs to happen in the second half of the season for us to end up where we want to be, which is a uh, national champions and cele- celebration bowl champions? What do I would you say see? we got. I would say we gotta we gotta take risks. We gotta we gotta we gotta get loose. We gotta we gotta. Coaches are doing their jobs, putting us in the right positions, in the right schemes. And us as players, we, we we do our part, learn the schemes, execute it well. But I would definitely say it's, it's time to take risks. It's time to let loose. It's, it's time to make playmakers be playmakers. It's time to turn up the crowd, you know. The Rattlers going to be in the building every time we shake stuff. You know, we're going to score every time. Defense is going to do their thing. But I would say the second half of the season, we just, we just need to execute games and finish. Awesome. Well okay. said. Well said. Go ahead, Marcus. Now, what's been your or for this season? Uh, what's or maybe your career at FAMU? What's been the signature or highlight moment for you? Whether it's something on field or something that you experience while being on the team. Highlight moment. People may think like, oh no, they may think this is small, but I haven't played football for three years. You know, do that, like, you know, off the field situations. And I think the highlight moment was me when I was able to get on that flight to go to Miami because I never been in Miami. That was like, <laughs> man, that was like watching a movie. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> I seen some, I seen all the hotels, I'm seeing the water, and you know, I got an Android, I ain't got no iPhone. So, like, you know, I can't really get proper pictures. But now, nah, just being in that moment with my team, and just, I was grateful. I was grateful. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. Thank you for your answer. Hey, don't be don't be shamed. Don't be shamed of the Android. I got, I got an Android. <laughs> <laughs> Team Android all day. 
forever, forever. Uh, you know, don't let them, don't let them, don't let them throw shade at you for having an Android. I'm Team Android all day. Uh, um, what's uh? All right, so, um, Leland, uh, what what what's sort of the second half plans for FAMU's offense as best as you can tell us? Because you know, I think as we kind of talk about it, you know, we see the passing game has picked up. And that's great because 11 guys caught a ball against Southern. But then there's always the background where people are always wanting to say you got to run the ball to be successful. What's it what's it like in the in in the meetings? How, you know, what what is the what what's the mindset? Do you go with the the I'll let you tell us. You you tell us kind of what it's like in the background because we we all have our conceptions of what it should be but but what you as you as a player and and you and when you hear from the coaches and you guys in your individual groups what's the mindset offensively the mindset offensively is o block so you got to understand we the o block we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna execute we learn but i feel that like i said earlier we have to let playmakers play and put playmakers in the in the best position to make plays so you know moose is our guy uh, Bullet, Marcus Riley, Electric, uh, 10, KDOT, 2, Mari, 81 threats. Like, all across the board, it's talent everywhere. Backfield, Yant, uh, Wu, Rail. Like, we just – you put playmakers in the right position and, and for them to make plays, you will see an execution on offense. And the coaches are doing their best and have been doing a great job to put us in the right position to make plays. But I just feel, like I said, we need to take more risks and and do more in a way. But so far, we're winning. It doesn't matter what happens in games. It's always adversity. We're going to continue to win. We're going to continue to win as a whole and trust in our coaching. Yeah. Well, well said. Well said. Um, Leland, any 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 words? Any shout outs? I want to give you kind of the last word. Any any shout outs that you want to give? Any. Any any anything you want to promote? Any you know, just let people know how they can reach it. Even. Uh oh, I hope you didn't run. I hope I hope they didn't they didn't, they didn't snipe him there in the uh, computer lab. It'll come back. It'll it'll come back. Hold on, we're gonna we're gonna pause. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull him out here of the room for a second and see if he comes back. He should here in a second. Maybe he'll have to to log back in. Um, uh, you guys, you guys are funny. Uh, Kenya talking about Android people messing up the text thread. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. I, I didn't even realize what all that blue and green and all the other stuff was. Let's see. Is uh, Leland, you back yet? Nope. Hold on. He's not back yet. Man, I want to, want to give him a chance to kind of close out. Uh, okay, he's gonna open back up. Good to see you, sweet. Welcome aboard, Team Android. All right, welcome. See, don't get us started here. We are out here. <laughs> we are out here, uh, Team Android. Um, but no, that that's awesome, man. It's good to hear um, Leland's story and just you know hearing hearing him again. Dynamic young man, man. I tell you, I I still go back to that that spring game from a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And just like, yo, we found that that next man up, 
that 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 guy that's going because let me see this was right after the bishop Bon. yeah this is right after bishop bonnet mm -hmm. right yeah, yeah. This is right after bishop bonnet and of course the bonnet uh pre previous to him is in ray and so i i still feel like that's what this offense is missing you know that's what this offense needs i mean it, it's nice having the, the the backs that we have but we still are missing you know, and somehow some some of the explosiveness, right? Right. Um, but uh, but uh, I, I tell you what, man. The reason I love doing these kind of shows, man, where we had uh Miss Musa and and the, and because you get to hear the stories and, and 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 the testimonies, man, and and it makes me proud as a FAMU grad to hear that FAMU is still changing the lives of the next generations, man. When you hear those guys talk about their yeah. testimony and about coming to FAMU and what it meant and the how it helped them to grow, man, that is the value of HBCUs, man. We 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 take coal and we turn it into diamonds, man. We, we, we and I'm just so glad that we're still doing that. And so I, I really appreciate shows like this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, me too. And just to echo that, you know, I mean, when you hear the the two stories between Cardell and Leland and talk about where they came from, their previous experiences and how coming to FAMU um, started to develop and, and formulate some things in their lives that they can use for the rest of their lives, something that perhaps their previous experiences helped to shape and form, but it's all crystallized here at FAMU through supportive coaches, a supportive environment, uh, supportive fans, supportive family, and all those things that converged to hopefully launch them on a successful rest of their lives being productive citizens. And, you know, once again, that's that's what we're here for. I mean, we, we cheer for the football team. We cheer for all our student athletes. You know, we get out the belt for our administrators, but in the end, you know, it's all about developing people and having them become productive citizens uh, of society. And I'm hearing that recurring theme between the two players that we've had and even Miss Musa speaking uh, on behalf of her son or, or through her lens of her son's growth and maturation. And you hear that common theme through all three of the segments we had tonight and past segments that we've had with other players. Yeah. And I think what also is uh, a very important thing to to consider or add into this mix is we got good coaches. We got we have the coach. We have the kind of coaches who get it. Good who fit. Who who, yeah. who are good fits for FAMU. <clears throat> they understand what FAMU is and the the importance of FAMU. And I don't think we've always had that. I feel like I'm pretty – I feel pretty confident in saying we haven't always had that. Um, but I think I think now we, we have that. We we have a lot of those coaches. And I, and I think when you hear players talk about that relationship with their coaches and, and the coaches that we talk to, um, that is a big selling point. I mean, look, when, on the recruiting trail – I mean, I know Coach Riz is, is, and I saw a post that he's going to be all over Florida here this upcoming week weekend. I mean, when you come to FAMU, FAMU is a special place, and, and you know, a lot of times I know we we talk about maybe not what we don't have, and and all we want to do is we want more just to continue to give 
these students the world-class yeah. experience that they deserve. Um, but even so, so much of the fabric of FAMU is built in the people yeah. and the history. And so, but, and, and I, and I always worry that look, just because we have all that doesn't mean that we can't make that investment. Don't think we don't, don't think that we should not make the investment. Don't think that right. we should not be upset, be loud when we're not seeing Excellence. improvements to things right. and excellence because man when you can mirror the people and the history with the excellent facilities and all that and bring all that together man we we just continue to add for these young people so i'm not sure if we're going to get leland back i'm, right. I'm i wish we could a chance to just kind of say bye to him and let him uh get a last shout out but um make sure if you're not following him on Twitter, uh, make sure you do hit his page up uh, at Leland Wilhoyt. Uh, is it one? Let me see. Yeah, at Leland Wilhoyt one. That's where you can find him on Twitter. I don't know if that's the Instagram. Nope, the Instagram is the number two W O period five Y E E E. So. But but go to his Twitter, go to his X handle, and you'll see the Instagram handle there as well. There's a lot going on there in that Instagram handle. <laughs> but that's all it's all good. Um but hit him up on Twitter. Let him know you appreciate him coming on the show. You you appreciate his story and sharing it with us. And uh we thank uh Leland for um for coming on with us as well as Cardell and Erica. Um uh look look we i i feel like we i still want to before we close the show i know we got a lot of different little things that we want to to bring up here so uh for example ad sykes is going to be speaking to the board of trustees tomorrow uh we wanted to share some of that information with you before that actually happens in case you're not able to watch it live and then got a few other thoughts here as the uh uh, one of the things was the uh, some of the contract terms for Coach Gordon, Coach Bridget Gordon, the women's basketball coach. I went through that contract, which is one of those items that needs to be approved. So let's do this. Let's take a short break, come back in two minutes, and we'll kind of close out the show with some of these Rattler Roundup news and notes info, kind of bring up. We didn't even talk get a chance to talk about the volleyball win in Texas. So we'll do all of that on the other side of this commercial break. We'll be back in just a moment. Itchy, squirmy, scratchy, family not getting clean? Get Charmin Ultra Strong. Go get them. It just cleans better. With a diamond weave texture, your family can use less while still getting clean. Goodbye, itchy squirm. Hello, clean bottom. <laughs> we all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? At Hampton Law, our primary goal is to provide non-traditional yet effective solutions and redefine the approach to client legal concerns. As your trusted legal advisor, we believe in sophisticated, personalized services that eliminate the confusion and complexity sometimes associated with legal matters. 
Our high standard for client care and concern, coupled with our extensive legal knowledge and skills, make Hampton Law a resource focused on the protection of the client's interest and overall goals. We value our clients and truly enjoy working with them. Visit thamptonlaw.com to conveniently schedule an appointment online. Tamika Hampton Esquire. 1631 Rock Springs Road, Suite 336, Apopka, Florida, 407-494-1471, thamptonlaw.com. Nope. Nope. You want him? Ooh, I like him. The Quicker Picker-Upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the Quicker Picker-Upper. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High-quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slow Burn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. When it comes to professional learning, teachers deserve better. From the leader in online learning, Stride brings you the Stride Professional Development Center, an on-demand library of mobile-friendly courses that gives teachers choice and flexibility, allowing them to learn anytime and anywhere. Our dynamic courses provide bite-sized learning and help educators advance their knowledge while also gaining professional development hours. It's time you take charge of your learning. Visit us today to get started. Welcome back to the ONG Strike Zone. Brian, Kelvin, Marcus here. Um, Want to go through a bit of a Rattler Roundup here segment with you. Um, just kind of again, we'll start back at football. Yes. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. Let mama know. Black <laughs> players of the week. There you see him up there, of course, Jeremy Musa. Uh, and then you had a, a pair of guys from uh, Alabama State, and then that Irv Mulligan again for Jackson State. I'm gonna tell you now, in my honest opinion, halfway point of the season, and we can do this next week. I think this will be fun to do next week. My, I think two of those people are in the running for Swag Player of the Year. I think mm-hmm. Musa and I think Irv Mulligan is in the running for SWAC Player of the Year. Now, offense or total? Uh, well, how do they do it in the SWAC? They do offense or total? You know what? I don't know. I can't. I, remember. I know they do offense. offense. I know they do offense and defense, maybe but I don't know if they do an overall like. No, right. maybe they maybe they just okay. do offense. So if it's just offense, I, I think that's going to be your. Two. There's two right there, and, and right. then it'll be a matter of, I guess, we'll kind of look and see who the third. The third kind of 
to me. Uh, could be uh, that young man from Alabama State, Keyshawn Johnson. I, I can't see it going to a receiver, not on a team that. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't. I mean, his yard. I put it like this: for him, I think you'd have to see some impressive yard after catch numbers, because if you just Let's see, just because you get 12 catches and 140 yards, 50 yards every game. I, I got to see, like, I mean, it is. It is. What, Miles, what, what, what he's going to need is a good showing this weekend at Jackson State Homecoming. Now, mm-hmm. if, they, yeah. if they pull that game off. A signature win. Yeah, yeah if, he, if they pull that game off, then he'll he be in the be a big part of it. He needs to be a big part of it. Like, yeah. if he lights it up to the point where Jackson State can't stop him, then it's like, okay, now I'm now I'm paying attention. You know, but I I find it hard to see a receiver. I mean, hell, the the last receiver in the well, I don't know. I don't want to go there because I don't have a I don't have my swack hours up, so I don't want to say who the last swack receiver was because I was about to say Jerry Rice, but there's probably somebody since <laughs> Jerry Rice. <laughs> you know, I get killed by by folks, uh, but yeah. So you know, that's the list. Of course, uh, Jeremy. 325, two touchdowns. There it is. No other side graphics. Sorry. Didn't get that. Uh, final scores from the week. Uh, pretty pretty entertaining week of games. Mm-hmm. Um, the blowout at Jackson State. Uh, uh, I think, I think, hold on. Let me let's go back while we're looking at those. Let's kind of scroll down. Let's look at our predictions here. Um, yeah, for some reason, Kelvin thought Alabama AM was gonna show up. Uh, there's no dog. There's no bite in that dog. Uh, Marcus and I both that hit was. Jackson State. The Alcorn Grambling State game. I mean, talk about a dime. I'm I'm butt hurt over that because I had Grambling, and then I didn't. Who, and then they lost it. Who who didn't have Grambling? Yes, you and Marcus. Yes, you did. <laughs> yes, both of you had Alcorn. You know, um, got away with that one. I'm telling you, got away with that one. So that's an interesting one. Yeah. And then uh, Bethune in Alabama State. Bethune had an opportunity very late in that ball game. They somehow, you know, Alabama State tried to get that game to them, and they got real close to taking it. And so I almost came up on that one too. But uh, you and Marcus both picked Alabama State. And then, of course, Prairie View winning 31-12 to over uh, – Valley. I think the standings is the next graphic. There's your standings right now in the uh in the swack and uh look at the West. The Wild West, man. So that was one of the things that I had when we had Charles Edmond on. Obviously, you know, Alcorn, Grambling, and Prairie View have all played each other. You know, meaning like they've like Prairie View's played Alcorn and Grambling. Alcorn has played Preview and Grambling, and Grambling has played the other two. So it's like, and so, and they're all split. No, you know, nobody has like a 2-0 advantage. So it's all one and one. And the only thing that separates them is Grambling's, I think Grambling beat Preview by 15. Mm-hmm. When you look at, if you were to do a plus minus that's the only thing that separates them is that Grambling kind of has a a plus fourteen margin. Prairie View technically has a game lead on both. Half game, yeah, half game. Because because they they beat Alcorn and Gremlin, right? 
No. The Prairie View no. lost to Grambling. Prairie View lost to Grambling. The only reason Prairie View is in first place is because they have played one more uh, conference game. Remember, in the beginning of the season, they played Texas Southern. Texas Southern, that was who it was. Okay, and yeah. so, so Prairie View right now is 3-1 and one in conference. Alcorn, Grambling, and Southern are all 2-1 and one in conference. And, of course... Uh, you know, in talking to, you know, when, when we talked to Charles Edmond on Sunday of the Alcorn State Sports Network, Southern still has to play those top three teams. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Southern controls two, their own destiny. Two of them at home, right. Yes, two of them are at home. So they really control their own destiny, but they also got to play Jackson State. Yep. So Southern has four tough conference teams. Southern's playing Jackson State twice? No, no. They are oh, playing no, Jackson State. Yeah, 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 I'm sorry. Uh, who is it that Southern has to play? Let me see. Who's the crossover with the other crossover? Yeah, I wrote it. Oh, damn it. I don't have it. Don't worry about it. Um, I had it somewhere written down, but I don't have it. It escapes me. But so just by the fact that um, Southern has to play Grambling, Alcorn, and Prairie View. Mm-hmm. That'll be pretty interesting. So don't I don't, tr- don't trust the West. The <laughs> winners going to have three conference losses. That three losses. I I don't know. I think it's going to be two. I think it's going to be two because again, Preview Allcorn and and Preview and Allcorn and Grambling. I I don't. Preview still got to play us. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah yeah yeah. So For homecoming. Yeah, that's right. So then in that case. I, Alcorn, to me, I, I agree with Charles Edmond. Alcorn is the team that sort of it, it sits in the best spot because of that's right on the schedule and where they play those games. They play yeah. Southern at, at, on the reservation, and I think they got Jackson State on the reservation too. Mm-hmm. So okay. that that's two games down the stretch that'll be pretty interesting for them. Yeah. All right. Um, let's see what else I got here. Um, anything else regarding the 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 SWAC uh, season? Anything? Any final? Oh, you know what I did? You know what I did want to add? Um, where did I read this? Uh, oh my god! A couple of homecomings this weekend. Uh, yeah. What do you got? Well, I was just you know, fifteen of them. There's fifteen. Yeah, if I recall, yeah, like 15 but but in it's swag. The, you know, okay, uh, okay, yeah. I think Jackson, Jackson State's homecoming. Jackson State, Alabama State should be a very entertaining one. And um, of course, Alcorn had theirs last weekend. Uh huh. And. Oh, okay. B Starks corrected me. Alcorn plays Jackson State in Jackson. Okay, so that's uh, hmm. man, good God, I tell you, it's the the last the last half of the season, last four or five weeks are going to be ja- crazy. Jackson Jackson State has some 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 landmines. They still got to play a lot of good teams down the stretch. But you know the challenge for but them most is going- but most of them is on the west. But they still got a lot of good teams to play. The challenge for Jackson State, of course, trying to see if they can find their way into one. Can they get into the rankings? Can can they get into the polls and have a shot at uh, at large bid? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They got to run think, a table. 
I think they have to run the table and they got to keep beating people by these margins that they're they're putting they're putting 35 plus point 30 up I mean the only game that they didn't put 30 something up was against us right. I think everybody else they've played they've put over 35 maybe yeah, 30 including that in Texas Texas right. State they game put, they put 33 points up on Texas State so I mean they continue to put up numbers yeah if they can put up points they 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 should be able to run the table yeah. Oh, no, they only put up twenty two against BC Bethune. Oh, yeah, that's right. That oh, was early the game. There you go. Uh, Bethune's homecoming is this weekend. Yep. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Um. Okay. Um. Where was I gonna go? I'm. I'm still mad. I had a thought that it was related to. And, and they play peer review, right? Jackson. Yes. No, no, Bethune. No, Bethune for homecoming. Oh, okay. Yeah, hold on. Separation. I got hold on. I'll, I'll pull it up. It's a bit early than what I had planned on showing. Let me see if I got it here. We can flip through all the other stuff that I got. Okay. Here's the schedule right here. That's the schedule this weekend. Oh, so they game. got Texas Southern, the other yeah. Texas school. Yeah, they got Texas Southern. That game looks like it's on HBCU Go. Of course – an interesting matchup between Alabama State and Jackson State. Uh, an elimination game. Yep. Yeah. Dare Absolutely. I don't see. I don't know if. I don't know if the Hornets have the um, offense. I don't think they do either. But the one thing that's sort of good for Jackson State. They've played two of the other tough defenses in the league, mm-hmm. FAMU and Southern. And Southern, all right. And you went one and one in those games, and and really, short of you, you really had one bad half. You had a bad half against FAMU. Other than that, you played three good halves, three of four good halves. So that's got to be encouraging. That's kind of what I'm telling people. If I'm T.C. Taylor, I'm telling those guys. Um, Grambling, Alabama A&M, Kelvin, do you still feel the way you feel about Alabama A&M even after? I I, I feel like Alabama A&M, I feel like Texas Southern, like I feel about them and the West. I don't (laughs) trust them. I ain't never picking them again. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, because remember, that was one of the games that you felt like if when FAMU goes out of I, I still think it, it can be a trap game. Yeah. But it's late in the season. But but uh you know we have to help them help them a lot though. You know, we, we have to play bad. I don't trust them. Yeah, and uh Southern's homecoming against uh that that uh team from out Lincoln. of California, Lincoln. Yeah, yeah, they they're gonna put win. They probably gonna put sixty seven on them. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know who Prairie's playing. I mean, Texas Southern. I mean, Baptist. Okay. I mean, I Tess, it's not a swag team. Texas right. Southern beat uh Lincoln. What fifty something? They put fifty three on them, right? See, that's gonna be the bad comparison. See that? That's <laughs> there. You go. See, that's what that's that's how that's how we're gonna compare everything now mm-hmm. and say, well, if Jackson State or no, not Jackson State, but who who'd you say Texas Southern? Texas Southern. Without without uh, Andrew Body, Body, right? Put up fifty something. Hell, we should be able to put up fifty. 
And so if Southern doesn't put up 50, oh, man, especially after last week, Jaguar Nation, they're going to be fit to be tied. And, hey, who knows? We may be right in that same boat four weeks from now. Right. We play them. Yeah. Uh, And then, of course, uh, someone, as I heard it said on the Internet, the – I think Scotty said that someone's got to win a game bowl between <laughs> and Valley. Hey, get get off Pine Bluff. They got to win. Oh, there you go. I'm, I'm purposely rooting for Valley just because they're at home. Y'all going to stop kicking Valley when they're down. Tough job. Right. Very tough job. Very tough. So uh, let's see. Who else is on a buy other than FAMU? That's uh, – um, who else is on a buy? There must be a lot of teams because okay, yeah, two, four, six, no, eight, that's ten. Nine, ten, two team. We're we're on a buy, and somebody else is on a buy this week. Uh any any nope, any any quick thoughts going through the West? Alcorn. Thank you. B Stark says Alcorn. Thank you. I knew somebody was gonna figure it out. There you go. Mm-hmm. Appreciate you. Okay. Let's um let's transition to volleyball. Can we for a minute? Just real quick. Gotta mention the yeah, ladies. Absolutely. Um they did a cluster and it was I'm not <laughs> watch your language. I know I had to catch yeah. myself. It was yeah, called a smack cluster. <laughs> but I'm glad. I am glad. Let me just say this. I am glad that the clusters is going away. I believe coach said that after this year they ain't gonna do those clusters. Because this was a cluster, you know what? <laughs> I, I'm look. They could not have pre- now. Some for some reason they scheduled those matches two out. There was two hours between each match. I saw the schedule for Sunday. What they could not have predicted was that practically every match was going to go five sets, mm-hmm. and it did. I mean, at practically every. I think there may have been one match on Sunday that did not go five sets. So. When FAMU was playing Southern, a game that was scheduled for two, I don't think it actually happened until like maybe four o'clock, right? So just yeah. imagine you're already two hours behind. And I was wondering, because FAMU's next match was supposed to start at eight o'clock. And I kept saying, well, wait a minute. If it's four o'clock now and there's like two more games in between, uh, is this is is the FAMU game going to really start at eight? Uh, sure enough, it did not because the next two sets went five, and I think one of them went two hours and forty one minutes. And I was just like, "Holy, yeah!" But by the time FAMU's match against Texas Southern started, it was eleven o'clock Eastern time. And I noticed because your boy was up for some reason, still on Sunday night. Me watching too. Sunday night football. <laughs> Actually, I think it even I think it didn't start until ooh, don't get me to lie. It may not have started until eleven. Around midnight. Yeah, it was yeah. close to midnight. All I know is I was still up at midnight, one o'clock, and that match was was finishing. So uh anyway, the uh the so the ladies went from playing uh, Southern, where they beat Southern 3-2 in a match that kind of was every other set, you know, 
FAMU won, Southern won, FAM won, Southern won, and then we won the last set. Then the next game, though, we I thought we were, like, going to get out of there. I was all ready to go to bed, happy. We were up two sets to nothing on Texas Southern, and then something happened. The wheels fell they, off. Or they got sleepy. We turned, yeah, we got sleepy. We turned into the clock, a pump. The clock, the clock, yeah, the clock hit one in the morning. It, it was over. We we turned yeah. into a pumpkin real quick, and we could <laughs> we, we could win nothing. We, uh Texas Southern, who who has only won like three matches, three games this entire season, and all of them have been in conference play. Uh, yeah, they actually uh, ended up beating us three to two and just watching that you're just watching i was like this i was like really i'm like are y'all really gonna lose this and we lost the first set and i'm thinking okay well we're not going to bed and then and then in the fourth set i'm thinking no we're not gonna lose this one too we lose this one and i'm like well it's now 12 45 in the morning and we have crossed over into a new day and famu is still out on the court and they ended up losing the fourth set. They ended up losing the fifth set. We lost that match three to two and somehow had to turn around because by the time that game ended, what was it, Kelvin? Two o'clock in the morning, Eastern, two. one central. Man. And they had to turn around and play at, I think, 11. It was 11. 11. 11. 11 in the morning. Yeah. 11. Yeah. yeah. It was about 11 central, maybe 11 central. Mm-hmm. So in about 10 hours, they had to turn around and play again. Um, so, but as you can see by the score, we beat preview a and That's actually the two matches that we needed to win. I, I, it was unfortunate that we gave away the Texas Southern one, but the fact that we beat, uh, Southern who is up there in the standings and we beat preview who sits up pretty high in the standings. Those were two good wins. Um, just kind of looking through just a quick note here. Uh, more of more of Brooke Hudson. Uh, let me see. In that first game against Southern, uh, Camila De La Rosa had a match high 42 assists. Uh, Brooklyn Watts and Brooke Hudson posted match highs in kills and digs. Uh, in the second match, let me see. Brooklyn Watts had a match high, 18 kills. She re- watch registered a double-double, 18 kills, 16 digs. De La Rosa had a team high, uh, aces again. Brooke Hudson, 23 digs. Uh, De La Rosa had a match high, 41 assists. So. She had, what, 43 in the first one, 41 in the second. And then we get to the third match against Preview. And let's see. Emerald Jacobs picked up her fifth double-double of the season with 10 kills and 15 digs. Yvonne Stanford added 16 kills to help the attack. Uh, and so there you go. Players of the week, Brooke Hudson and Yvonne Sanford. 
it's the seventh consecutive week that a Lady Rattler has been honored by the SWAC. Um, I think I think it's pretty safe that as long, I mean as long as Brooke stays healthy, she's going to be the defensive player of the year in the conference. I, I don't see how she's not. Yvonne Sanford won the newcomer of the year. I'm surprised De La Rosa didn't do anything. But uh, um, special note to Brooke Hudson, who's now second in the nation in digs with uh, 424. Damn, that's tough. Mm-hmm. Who was, who played that spot for us last year? I forgot. Was it Iram? That was Iram. No, she did. That. Yeah, Iram played that spot last year, right? No, no, no. Brooke? Yeah, Brooke's been here. This is her second year here. Okay, no, that's right. Iram was the setter. Um, okay, you're right. But also, I think she rotated in with the young lady that transferred in from Grambling. That's not part of the team this year. Uh, yeah, I for remember. The, for the, yeah. I don't know how you pronounce it, Libero, Libero. Libero, libero you know, you said it right, yeah. And actually, um, there's a good explanation. I mean, I had to look it up. But um, there's a good explanation of what the Libero does. And why okay. they have a different color jersey on NCAA.com. Okay. Go ahead and tell the people. I mean, I, I, oh, I don't, I don't I'm, remember. It's just, oh, like, I had to look, research it and I read it, but I forgot. So, so <laughs> but I linked it. Right. So, as far as I have been able to glean and from what I know of my, of my time continually watching high school volleyball and so on and so forth, uh, your libero obviously is your defensive specialist, usually. And they wear that different color jersey because they can substitute in and out yes. anytime. And usually that's done on offense because maybe they're not a setter or a server. So usually you'll see teams kind of rotate the libero off the court when they want somebody to come in and serve for her or in place of her. And then, you know, she will come back in. She can come in anytime. And if I'm not mistaken, I think she can substitute for anyone, too, if she comes back in. Usually everybody else has a pattern. Like, whoever you sub for the first time, you got to sub for that person for the entire set. Mm. So the libero actually being a different color because they don't have to report. They don't have to stand there at the at the net and sub in by the official. They can just kind of sub in and out freely so uh, that's sort of why i think that's why the libero kind of wears a different uh color jersey than everybody else. that that's my that's my down and dirty explanation now, i'm sure there's a more technical definition on ncavolleyball.com but you know that's yeah the down i'll see if i can find it i'll post it in the chat yeah that's the down and, and also dirty. speaking of ncaa.com they posted a video today i guess of their pass through Tallahassee a couple weeks ago and I guess they released a get to know you segment on Brooklyn Watts. Okay. Is this a, is this is this in addition to what they did previously when they came down a couple weeks ago? I think it's the same visit they're just spacing out interviews. So they just released that today and, and the one that they released a couple weeks ago. I'm looking at it now. September 19th is when they guess they had their first sit down with coach Go con and a couple of players, or this is the family volleyball team and showed some practice clips. 
And today, earlier today, they released one where they did a walkthrough. I guess Michaela Chester, I guess she's the NCAA volleyball uh, beat reporter, kind of like how Stan Beckton is for NC or for FCS football. And she, they put the video interview with um, Brooklyn Watts walking down the set today. Whereas previously they released a like a 30 minute segment on, I mean, sorry, 30 second one on coach Gokhan and family volleyball. All right. Well, there are the volleyball standings. Alabama State still sitting in first place. They're 6-0 in SWAT competition. Jackson State is in second place with a 9-7 overall, the only team with a winning record overall, but they're 5-1 and one in SWAC. Their only loss coming to, that's right, Florida A&M. Uh, Prairie View sits tied with FAMU at 5-2 and two in conference play. Uh, FAMU is 9-11 and 11 overall. Preview's 10-11, and 11, and, and that's why you see the substitution, the way, or the uh, standings the way they are. But when you look at the standings right there, I mean, obviously, what? FAMU has wins over Preview. They have wins over Jackson State. The only team that they have lost to, well, prior to losing to Texas Southern in two nights. Uh, was uh, Alabama State. So uh, this Friday, the Lady Rattlers are in Daytona Beach, 6 o'clock for a match against Bethune-Cookman, who you see sitting there on the other side. So it's a 6 p.m. match in Daytona Beach. Any, any, uh, any, anything you guys want to add there on the volleyball segment? No, just hopefully we'll go on a run and finish strong. We it's time to finish We're going into tournament tournament play in a few weeks. So, you know, we defended champions. So hopefully we got everything worked out and we, we and we're pretty healthy. I feel like we have always turned it on the second half of the season. This is that point where I think the team usually hits the stretch stretch run. Um, so when we get a chance to go back to Alabama State, that's going to be an important win. We have not lost to anybody twice in the conference. And I, when I say twice, I mean at all, regular season or tournament. So that's what's on the line when FAMU Volleyball goes to Alabama State, you know, is basically to avenge that loss. And and we'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll, shall, uh, we'll see what, uh, what transpires. Okay, let's see what I got next here. Okay. And that's coming up next Friday. What's that? Or Friday after next. What's that? Return to Alabama State. Okay, right, right, right. Yep. 20th of October. Um, real quick, I don't know. Did you want to? Did anybody want to talk on the new Division One membership requirements that were published? We did see those come out. Um, obviously, we heard about the proposal, and I guess the the council uh, did adopt these changes. 
for FBS schools mm. uh, to eliminate the attendance requirements at FBS schools. <laughs> Uh yeah. So that, so that means you don't, regardless of even if you have a sixteen thousand seat stadium, as long as you can afford to be in the FBS, I guess you can continue to stay there. Yeah, I mean there was a lot of fudging of the numbers for those Group of Five members anyway. They they weren't averaging fifteen thousand uh, a year. Well, especially the non F. Well, not the 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 Group of the Five. Group of Five. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Yeah. Uh, to transition for a school like FAMU or anybody else now, it will cost $5 million instead of $5,000. I think that's the one clear indicator that, hey, we don't, you know. Yeah, we don't want to divide the pot no more. We don't want to divide the pot anymore. It's, it is what it is. So, so it's going to kind of stay what it is. Uh, requiring all programs to provide 90% of the total number of allowable scholarships over a two-year rolling period across 16 sports. That's the bigger thing there, I think. There's more money in there's more money involved with that, wouldn't you say, Kelvin? In terms of Yeah, scholarship dollars and scholarship and, dollars, right. But um to me, it just makes sense. You should have some baseline standards in terms of membership uh in order to join up because a lot of teams were moving up under the old formula because of exposure and and ability to generate more revenue but you also had to gen, you know you had more expenses um so um obviously with the power five now being a power four um <laughs> pretty much you know they're they, they want to limit that as much as possible because it kind of messes up I think what the intent of was forming like 16, 20, 20 team leagues. They were they were hoping to have total autonomy. But if you have all these uh, FCS schools keep moving up, then they technically can get outvoted. And if they if if they are sued in the courts, they'll probably lose that too. Yeah. Now, one curiosity, I don't want to go down the rabbit hole, but this whole Pandora's box opened, what, 1980 when Oklahoma and University of Georgia sued the NCAA for a cartel in terms of managing the TV rights. Based on what they're doing now, in terms of trying to, not necessarily with the TV, but kind of grab is there a potential for all the group of five and non power five conference teams? Could they theoretically, or I guess the NCAA isn't really sanctioning this, but could they sue saying that they're doing the same type of thing? Well, I think part of the threat is, and I see uh, Dr. Cavill is, in, is still in the chats, but uh, I believe the threat of the, 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 the autonomy of uh, the, uh, the power five power four now, um, was that you know? Hey, we could just start our own thing and um, bump the NCAA. Now, what I will say is this: I know at one time I don't know if it's still division, but the SWAC as a conference was talking about moving up. Um, if that ever came to fruition, I would be very interested 
to see how the NCAA would handle that because they were absolutely losing court. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, I thought – I know this has come up before, and actually I don't want to put words in, in his mouth, but I thought there was someone who – some dramatic expert who mentioned that right now there may not be provision or even precedence for a whole conference moving up. I'm not sure on that one. And so I don't know if that means if a whole conference moves up, each conference member needs to have at least $5 million in a kitty so they can all move up as a conference, or is there some other – I mean, I don't think there's been a precedent for it. It's always been individual members. And the conferences that were there basically got adopted into being FBS by virtue of when we went to the Division One format and then the sub-formats in 77, 78. So. All right. Yeah. Well, it's a good good question, good thought, but I don't know. I know it's been brought up before. Maybe we even talked about it before, but I don't know if there's a provision for a conference moving up and there hasn't been any precedence thus far in the, what, 50 years or so, 40-plus years of the divisional format. Maybe we get um, down the road, man, get a get a round table and um, have Dr. Lee the discussion and and then uh, kind of break break all the hypotheses down on on something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, that'd be <clears throat> that'd be a good idea. Good idea. Uh, let me take a look at here. The other spread. Uh, now this was the selection criteria for the Division One football, the FCS committee, which now is going to include polls. Um, I don't really concern ourselves with this, really, because for us, you know, it, it and I, you know, I just have it here. I don't look. We're we're we know. Well, well, like we talked about, we talked about Jackson State as a night large. Uh, if if we were to falter some kind of way, and and um. Uh, you know, so the at large from an at large standpoint, it could come into play. Okay. Well, I, you know, I, I guess for this season, I, I haven't really, I've kind of, it's just an interesting look here at some of the some of the requirements. And I was reading through this, and I was just like, you know, with all the money, with all the money that's being made. Uh, well, even from the NCAA perspective, you know, maybe not, not maybe not at this level, but at the NCAA level, you know, some of what they're asking these schools to pay, to bid, you, you'd almost just rather be a road team and just be like, you know, we'll just go on the road for four weeks. Well, that, well, that's I believe that's by intent. That, you know, they don't want the 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 championship at the FCS level to get bigger than the bowl system, so. You know, there's there's some sabotage in that whole thing. Ah, oh, that's an interesting thought. Yeah, but also, I mean, I, I think and at least from what I've read, and, and you and and Jeffers or Doctor Cavill can correct me if I'm wrong, but like the bowl system is independent of the NCAA. This is between basketball and FCS football is the highest level championships that they manage. The yes. bowl system is like independent, so all that money. It's but they sanction like, it though. They sanction it, but they yeah, don't. Get, but I don't think they get any. They don't get any skim off of it. No. 
No. Right. Unless it's for licensing of using the NCAA logo. I don't know. But they're not getting like – it's not like they're getting a piece of the pie that like the SEC gets. Like they're getting a chunk of $20 million from the SEC participating in all those ball games, or it's like the pay, a payout for a conference team. Right. Okay. Let me go to this uh, very quickly because uh, tomorrow – uh, A.D. Sykes is going before the Board of Trustees, and she's got a presentation that she's going to be doing. Of course, this was available. This is made public on uh, FAMU.edu. So I just thought I would pull pull this presentation that's going to be happening tomorrow and touch on a few things that she brings up. I did uh, jot the notes down, fellas, just in case you want to go back. And look here. Um, obviously, the action plan update, the athletics action plan. I, I don't recall the original action plan, Kelvin. Do you? What what they call an action plan? Huh? I I don't know. I don't know. That's Is what that I, what um, was put together last year after the um, compliance debacle? Yeah, I guess that was part of it. I don't know. It's success achieved, though. Uh, as she says, the action, the athletics action plan has demonstrated remarkable success through effective Brian, implementation. What what they was it going to say? I don't know. That it failed. <laughs> well, it better have okay. succeeded. <laughs> Look at the continued progress. The plan remains ongoing in certain key areas. It'd be interesting to note what are those key areas tomorrow. They ain't gonna go into that kind of detail. No, they don't this go into that kind of detail. Yeah, there's gonna be a high overview. Well, I, I would want someone to ask and say, "Well, you're gonna." The plan remains ongoing in certain key areas. What are those key areas? All right. I just thought I'd put that out there. Just asking the question. Um. All right. The I, you saw this. Is there anything in this that Kelvin you can explain, or do you want to break this down? Any? This is the revenue budget to actuals as of nine thirty twenty twenty three, and then there's even. Well, I don't know. So it says FY twenty two twenty three. So that's the what for year. 22, that's, this, that's this physical year. This athletic physical year. Okay. They they, they have the they have the budget they projected. Okay. They Total they have which million. is the same which is the same as the uh, budget. They haven't adjusted at this point anything. So right. they have the budget for the year, and then they talk. Then the actuals are the monies that have actually came in thus far. You know, guarantee games usually thirty six to ninety. You know, you get them a month after they played right. or two months after they played. So, you know, the classic games, you won't get some of that money to later on too. So, so they're showing what they actually have versus what, what is projected with this, which, you know, less than what, three months into the calendar year, you're about what, 40, 40% to your projected revenue. So right now there's nothing that sticks out that that's concerning. They're like their their projections are on on track. Uh, and then some more. Uh, I guess this is in addition to the previous page. 
This is the so the first page, the, the previous page showed the revenue. This is the spent side okay, of it. Okay, thank you. Okay, so that was revenue expenses showing uh, any anything in here. Expenses ten million dollars. Looks like everything is sort of balanced, I guess. Well, I mean, your budget and your projections are going to be the same unless you make some adjustments. So what you're looking at is what's been encumbered or actually spent out thus far. And, um, you know, of course, your salaries are a hard number generally. So so you, you take that off the top. Now, some interesting things for me that I, when I looked at the spent side of it was the uh, mandatory expenses and the debt repayment of athletics i mean yeah the debt repayment and the uh to the foundation in athletics which i am assuming is auxiliary actually i don't know if we're in a position where we sh should be doing those three things um and i think there's some this i still be i believe my position is that there's some discretion we have what we don't. And the board, board of governors has already came back in April and told us that uh, you can use auxiliary dollars for athletics. So given that new directive, um, I'm just interested about that, you know, what we're paying back to is ourselves. That, is that here on the... Yeah, if you look at if you look at expense description, yeah, mandatory expenses from what I understand, uh, probably like uh, the 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 light bill uh, uh -huh. for, for the athletic the athletic only facilities and stuff like that. Those generally are man some of mandatories, and um, but but it, the that in a you know because you can you have different pockets that you can use uh as direct or indirect institutional support and i would argue that those three things probably fall into one of those categories and would be helpful to the athletic department if they were put in those buckets instead of an expense now i don't know from a reporting standpoint do they still have to show it as expense you know that's not my expertise part but but i would definitely uh that because that's that, that's roughly what about seven hundred thousand dollars that mm -hmm. could stay that could stay with athletics gotcha all right um let's see what else okay uh she she mentions the strike tours i didn't i did the numbers just in case obviously you can't see the numbers on the checks here but the four strike tour locations you had houston which is in the top left corner that's twenty thousand dollars duval which is the top right corner that's about twenty one thousand now the bottom right is the palm beach fort lauderdale miami dade group that brought in $67,572.58. That's what's in that, on that check. And then you also have the Tampa, Clearwater, Pinellas County chapter, which 
$45,000 is what they brought in. That all totals up to 153572 It's not bad. For short notice, not a lot of planning in only four cities. Yeah. Right? So yeah. just imagine if they plan it out and actually make the commitment to go into Orlando, Atlanta, you know, we've talked Absolutely. about we've talked about those a, a 10 city tour. Think could so could a 10 city tour pull in I'm gonna shoot in the I'm gonna say five hundred thousand. Six hundred thousand even. I think that would be a better number. Well, I mean, I don't want to shoot numbers out there in the in the blind, right? Right. You got to kind of structure that around what's realistic, and and you know, there's some past history as to how much we've generated off these tours. So, whatever that number is, based on I think uh, the the previous AD, I think his high water mark was about uh, what four hundred thousand, maybe. Yeah, I think it was five. And um, but that was a about three or four more additional cities. And it was, you know, well, it was playing well in advance with the uh entire university team. So I would you know, I, I would wonder how these things event like this would, ha- would look at the the floor, you know, like like at the um OBC when we were doing it and the uh Florida Classic. I know we have other events that we do, but those other events ain't necessarily raising funds for athletics. I believe when we had homecoming being another opportunity, I think we would we probably need to do something specific for athletics at our biggest athletic events. Yeah. I agree. Um donate to the Rattler Athletic Fund, blah blah blah. That QR code, if you hit that QR code, it will send you to the Rattler Athletic Fund. And, of course, she makes mention of the new hires. Of course, you got Bridget Gordon, uh, who we're still hoping to talk to. Uh, Coach Capri Howard, who we did talk to over bowling. Uh, Kenneth Lassiter, who's the head athletic trainer. LaDawn Pritchett, who is the director of facilities and operations. And then, of course, you have uh, a couple of assistant coaches from basketball. And then, of course, Doc Gamble, an assistant coach of football. 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 Um, speaking of, oh, let me see. Last thing in the slide presentation. Some upcoming events. She makes mention of the SWAT Cross Country Championships being held in Tallahassee, Appalachee yep. Regional Park, October 23rd. Then you have the state football championships. All right classifications. There. All yeah. class. So three days, eight classifications, is it? I think. Yeah. Wow. And, and, and right after the SWAT championship game yep. that we'll be hosting. Yep. Busy and weekends in Tallahassee. One, one notable, uh, even though it's not local, I guess one notable mention. I guess she's only mentioning uh, local stuff, so it doesn't matter. I thought it was mentioning all championship games because I mean all championship sites because um the swag championship in volleyball is not listed here, but it won't be in Florida. So yeah, yeah. Um, 
Okay. We already did that. Okay. Um, let me make mention here. Uh, one of the things that's also got to get approved in that meeting with A.D. Sykes is the Coach Gordon contract. The salary has to be approved. So I did, I did pull out some of the more interesting notes from that. I'll be quick here. I know we're up against it. Time to get out. Um, Coach Gordon's contract is a three-year deal for 125000 per. Uh, the previous coach was 100000 So it's kind of interesting that Gordon is getting 25K more. And she has just as much experience, maybe less coaching than Shalon Pillow did when she came in. Hmm. Pillow had about 15 years as an assistant coach. I don't think Gordon's had that many. Neither had coaching experience. You, you, you are what you negotiate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. There's so the incentives start with an academic incentive where a coach can get $2,000 for a graduation rate that exceeds 85% based on the NCAA graduation success rate and APR above 90. So, uh, excuse me, 960. So if the, and I think the team did that last year. I think the team, what was, if you recall, what was the, what was the team's APR last year? Wasn't it like a hundred or something or a thousand? Who, women's basketball? Yeah, it was, who was it? it we had no, a couple of sports that hit a thousand. I mean, they, they hit their number, but it wasn't. It wasn't that high. I think you thinking about tennis and um tennis. volleyball. Okay. Um. Also, now that that's the only academic based incentive. Here are some performance incentives. <laughs> I love this, Kenya. <laughs> Kenya said maybe she has a better attorney. Uh, maybe. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Um, okay. Incentives for performance on the court. If uh, if FAMU wins the conference regular season championships, she gets a $1,000 bonus. If FAMU wins the tournament championship, she gets $2,000. If she wins conference coach of the year, she will get $2,500. If FAMU makes a trip to the women's NIT, that's a $1,000 bonus. And then there is a NCAA tournament fee, a tournament bonus of $2,500 for appearing in the tournament. Now, if FAMU were to win, this bonus would supersede the $2,500 to get into that that of just getting in because it's the it's the bonus that is greater, so it's like she can't win multiple NCAA tournament bonuses. You're going to get one or the other, but if if you win a game, that's a five thousand dollar bonus. Each win after is an additional one thousand dollars. If they make it to the final four, fifteen thousand dollar bonus. I feel like these numbers should be a lot higher. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I mean, because yeah. really, I mean, hell, if you make it, it should be prorated based on probability. Probability, thank you. No, 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 because they have real. See, y'all speaking as fans, I know, as, I know. as as administrator, 
you got to give realistic because I'm going to bring it home for you when you finish in terms of all these, all this clause here for all these. So go ahead, finish. Okay. And the last one, I thought this was interesting. Game guarantees in excess of $50,000, she gets a $5,000 cut. And I believe that's each game. So if she gets four games and the bonus take home is like 60000 well, she's getting 5 k off of each of those. So, again, it's game guarantees in excess of $50,000. There's a $5,000 bonus. Have we'll no problem. Okay. Have no problem with that. I, I I think that's smart. That's a smart way of being able to supplement your salary for your coaches so that you can retain good coaches and wrote and kind of compensate them for having to play them beat down games in the first place. Exactly. Now, what's the rate for women's basketball in terms of the outer conference Man, games? Unless you play in Tennessee, I know they'll probably see that, but generally speaking. You're not going to see that in, unless you you play like the top 25, top 10, probably really the top 20 um, power five schools. Mm-hmm. Like a Tennessee, and, and, UConn. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Maryland, Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, What were you going to add, Kelvin, before we – Oh, I was just going to say the key to, to all these incentives are that it, there's a clause that says uh, if the funding is available. So yeah, the one thing the one thing I didn't see in here was budget <laughs> for coaches. That's the one thing I didn't see in this contract was budget for coaches or budget any other type of budgetary things. I didn't see that in the in the contract, which is kind of interesting. Maybe that's standard procedure, but I would figure you would want it in writing. How much of a budget do I have for recruiting and so on and so forth? Maybe that doesn't happen on the women's side. They, I mean, the previous coach told you they didn't really have a recruiting budget. So I'm not sure if uh, one has been created yet, but um, I see where EA asked about how much uh, in guarantees they pose to bring in. I know in, previous administrations i think the number for women's basketball was like 200k somewhere around there in guarantees and the I men's did bas- see that. i didn't and see in, that in the contract and in the men's um for pro program it typically was uh i think it started off at 500 some k but i think it got got up to 600 625 somewhere around now yeah which which is why we play nine beatdown games (laughs) out of conference yeah you gotta you gotta go you gotta go make the money somehow all right so all of that uh i believe she goes before the board of trustees she being uh 80 sykes at uh nine in the morning maybe even 8 30 but you can go to famu.edu and you can find, you can do a search for the trustees meeting and you can find that. But it is, I think, first on the agenda tomorrow. All right. Well, uh, I thought since there's no, since FAMU's on a buy, we would take a buy as well for making picks this week. How about that? 
I was ready either way. Good with me. All right. All right. We'll take a bye this week. All right. Uh, final thoughts, final words. Marcus here as we get ready to shut it down for tonight. Uh, good. Good segments this evening. Glad we're able to give Rattler Nation uh, some insight on Jeremy's mom and on two players who are playing key roles on the this year's team. Do have some information on women's basketball we can save for next week, but the roster is updated. Yes. Yeah. Good. Yeah. That That's another thing that we ran out of time. There was some good stuff there in an article by Gerald Thomas. Uh, you can go back and look at, uh, we retweeted it, but if you, if you follow Gerald Thomas, go back and check out his article from the women's basketball media day. Uh, shout out to Joshua Padilla as well for, making the women's basketball media day a separate day from the men give the giving the women their own day clear of the men who will be next week but uh shout out shout out to josh or whoever else maybe had a role in making that happen that was that was a, that was a good idea a great uh final words final thoughts kelvin Really enjoyed again the, the show to echo what uh Marcus was saying and the and the guests and and I I'm gonna try to continue to reach out and get more um student athletes um to come on. And um I'm looking forward to supporting another rattler this weekend. I'm gonna go to Albany State Homecoming and uh try to support Queen Green as they play Allen University. For homecoming. Hey, so, look, uh, quietly, Albany State unbeaten in conference play after taking a couple of bumps on the head to start the season 4 0 in conference yeah, play. They, right they, the they, they, they undefeated against HBCUs. Uh, uh, yeah, okay. I see what you did there. I see what you did there. <laughs> I was like, huh? Yeah, uh, they. They undefeated against HBCUs. They lost to Valdez State and what North Carolina? What was it, Pembroke or something like that? Yeah. Yes, Pembroke. You're right. Yep, that's who it was. Um. All right. It, that's uh. So that's it. Uh, thank you, Tamra T. Thank you. Thank you, EA. Thank you, everybody who uh, joined the show. Thanks again, Erica Musa, Cardell Thomas, Leland Wilhoyt. I hope that you'll take a time out of your busy schedule to send them a note of thanks. And I would appreciate all of you. If you did one thing for us, find three new friends, three Rattlers that don't know about our show and send them the link. All you got to do is say in a text message or a tweet or a Facebook post, Hey, have you heard of the ONG strike zone? If they say, no, what's that? Boom. Send them the link. That's all you got to do. That's all we ask of you this week. You know, Three friends, run it, run that by them, and then share the link of the show. Hopefully, they will continue or find a way to support us. Um, everything we do here on the Black College Sports Network, uh, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at ONG Strike Zone. Uh, you will also soon be able to find our own YouTube page. Obviously, all of our shows are on the Jericho Broadcast Network's page, but to make it nice and easy for you guys as well, you'll also be able to go to YouTube and find at ONG Strike Zone, just like our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram handle. 
and all of the shows will be there. So I know sometimes it can maybe be challenging through all of the shows that are on the our Jericho Broadcast Network's YouTube page, but we'll make it simple. And one page dedicated to the ONG Strike Zone is what you'll get. So uh, also go find the BCSN Pod Zone where you can listen to all of the shows that are part of the Black College Sports Network. You can listen to those on your own uh, time, Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, all of that good stuff. So that's going to do it for tonight's show. Uh, thank you to you guys. For Marcus, for Kelvin, I'm Brian. Uh, fangs up, Rattler Nation. Enjoy the bye week. Uh, hopefully you get over to Daytona and support the Lady Rattler volleyball team and uh, keep striking hard, and let's get ready to finish off the season on a positive note. Be positive with one another out there, especially the haters when you encounter them. All right, that's going to do it. Peace out, everybody. Fangs up. Uh, that way, that way, strike, strike, strike again. <laughs> there we go. All right, I'm out.